Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, good afternoon inside the Electric Factory. It's Euler and Motes on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Preseason game number four in the books. Mm-hmm. And now, Uh-oh. the waiting. <gasps> tick, 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 tick. You know, Tom Petty once said the waiting is why well, I should say. He once sang. Oh. The waiting is the hardest part. And now we wait till tomorrow at noon when 53-man rosters have to be finalized. And, of course, we really await uh, Thursday, the start of the NFL season with the Bears and the Packers, but particularly Sunday night Uh up in Foxborough, New England. Arthur Motes, we have survived. We've made it. And now the waiting is the hardest part. This is very true. But it's so exciting now, man, because, like you said, preseason is officially over. Woo! Bye. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, say oh. that again. Say that again. I say preseason is officially over. Can I get an amen? Wow. The church says amen. Now, with preseason being officially over. Hallelujah. And by 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, we will know the Steelers' official roster for this upcoming season. And then 53-plus practice squad. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. But then also... We can start this countdown. Six days left. Seven mm-hmm. days left. Or five days left. Four days left. Three days left. Skip right. a few. You know. We. I think next week we might have to have two separate countdowns. One for the start of the NFL season on Thursday night. And then one for the Steelers game. Yeah, I guess. But see, I don't really care about that Thursday night game because it doesn't include the Steelers. But it's regular season NFL football. I know. All right. It's okay. regular season All right. If you want to count down for the Thursday night game, you count up for listen, the Thursday listen. night game. I'm just a diehard Steelers fan. When, All we right. get, when we get into October and November, I won't be counting down for the Thursday night games. Oh, but, here you, you know, go. I'll take right. anything I can get now. But hey, if you're talking in October and November, then the Steelers will have a Thursday night game. So then you will be counting down. It's true, and that'll be the Browns, Browns, too, and we'll all be waiting for that one and anticipating that one. And I'm kind of sad that the first time that that happens is on a Thursday. I know. Because that robs us of, like, an extra two or three days of potential trash talking and build-up. But it's all right. Hey, but it's okay because then the what, eyes of the nation will I mean, because then what they Thursday play on a night. Thursday, and then what two weeks later they'll be back at it again at Hinesville. So that's the beauty of it, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait for tomorrow. College football really getting going full steam. Not just college football, the James Madison University makes their 2019 season debut. First, some old Mountaineer, Mountain Weir, Mountain, I don't care who they are. <laughs> Mountain Weir. It doesn't matter. You know <laughs> what? We are everywhere. Oh, we are? Yeah. We no. are not. <laughs> I didn't say we are. I said we're because you said mountain we're. No, you did. You said we are. That's <laughs> no, a contraction. All right. Don't make me hook the pull on my hooked on phonics Uh-oh. book. 
Uh, I'm excited, man. The sun is shining. College football all day. Real college football all day tomorrow. NFL Thursday. NFL Sunday. NFL Monday. Absolutely. Like, if you're a football fan, this is the time of year that you're loving. The best. I mean, even if you take it back to the high school level. Right. You got high school football games on Friday. Started last week. Mm -hmm. So, even with that, I mean, every day you can get something football related this time of year. And that's just the beauty of it. It I'm really excited, is. man. I'm just glad that this is my first year. I get to be a legit just fan. Right. I don't have to worry about preparations, making sure I'm taking care of my body, making sure I'm eating right, going to bed at a decent hour. No, I'm staying up. I want to watch all the West Coast games, the ones that end at 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning. I want to watch all of those. Pack 12 after dark. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to eat and drink whatever I want to eat and drink. Absolutely. I, we I were talking on, about that. You yeah. came in here today asking me about tailgate etiquette. Yeah, yeah because like, I, I've I'm never new done to this it. thing. <laughs> I'm new, and, and that's what I'm embarking on this season. I'm, I'm tailgating at Steeler, tail, at Steeler Games, home and away. I'm excited about it, man. So for me, I have to get – I got to learn the nuances of all of this. You do? And I figured I would come to a veteran in the tailgating industry. I'm a bit of a veteran in the You know, but game. between you and Kellen, man, I, I've, <laughs> I've gathered some very helpful information to help me with my tailgating endeavors this upcoming season. And you'll be doing a little bit of that here locally tonight, won't you? I will, man. So uh, The people can go, come out and see the body. Hey, hey, man, going to your old stumping grounds, well, well this, this, sort of. your, your school versus another school. Mars, Mars versus, versus moon, moon. The intergalactic showdown. Absolutely. You know whoever wins gets a little rocket chip trophy. Well, see, I'm excited to see uh, all Kel- of this. Kellen just gave me a look. <laughs> I swear it's true. I wish I were making it up. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I get to go out and be the Steelers honorary captain to showcase this high school youth showcase game of the week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's going to be a blast. And, man, it's just it's football. Football. Listen, for me this weekend, check this out, right? Starts tonight. Mars versus Moon. Some little Friday night lights tonight. Mars versus Moon Friday night lights. Saturday, I get to go see some rec football. For my for my six year old who's doing her her making her debut as a cheerleader, so I'm excited about that. I get some rec ball after the game is over. I get to watch my JMU boys go to work, watch some Pac-12 later Saturday night, and then before you know it, man, it's officially Steelers game week, baby. And then you get one last Sunday too to just kind of do nothing. Yeah, I will say I'm gonna enjoy this Sunday. Everybody just do nothing. Do nothing. Because after this Sunday, <laughs> so, well, well, see, until Valentine's Day, you won't be doing nothing. Well, and see, I can't even say that I'm going to be doing nothing because this is my first year playing fantasy football and my fantasy oh, league man. draft is on Sunday morning. Oh, so I'm just like, man. I, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit later because I do have some fantasy football I'm too excited, questions man. I want to run by you. I'm too excited right now. I can't yeah, contain that's myself. Because you can't. As a, what are the rules on that as a player? Is there a hard line like you can't play fantasy football? So this is all we know. No year. money. No money's involved, okay. which makes the fantasy league suck because everybody puts money involved Although, in the fantasy I league. I will say, if you're doing them with people that you're close with or family, the bragging rights aspect of it is still a lot of fun. But you're right. Okay. But, yeah, so you have that element. But then they also say anything that deals with the potential of gambling or wagering on players and stuff sure. like that. It just... You it, don't want to pee rose yourself. Right, right. You don't ever want to have the perception of... Well, hey, I'm starting this guy on my fantasy league. I'm playing against him in real life. Could your integrity be And now you might be compromised, right. So to avoid all of that, they strongly urge you to not mess with it. And if you remember when Tony Romo a couple years ago had his fantasy league and it was sponsored and everything like that, the NFL essentially shut it down because of the perception of it. Because you can't have players out here, you know, like I said, potentially compromising their integrity. Sure. 
No, it makes sense. For for off off-field benefits. So that was that whole element of it, man. But now I don't have these problems. You know why? Because I'm retired. The fall, the first football fall. Wait, first to get it out. Football fandom fall. There it is for Arthur Motes. How about that? Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Say that five times fast. Well, um, Labor Day is coming first. Yeah, I don't even like. It's funny. I was talking with my uh, one of my close friends, and they were like, "Yo, what are you gonna do for Labor Day?" And I'm like, "What is that?" Like I'm so used to working on Labor Day. I don't I don't know like what do you do on these holidays? Like I don't know what it's like to not work on Labor Day, to not work on Thanksgiving, to not work on Christmas, to not work on New Year's. Like or New Year's Eve. I'm like I'm so used to working on all these days. I, right. I don't I'm not accustomed to making plans for holidays. Welcome so, welcome to the other side. <laughs> yeah, man, this is totally new for me. I'm like I know for a fact on Monday we if if I was in Pittsburgh right now you might come in today. You might be off today. You might get the whole weekend off. Friday, you might come Saturday. In some treatment today, right. if you right, you come in so do some inclined. treatment. But typically, you're either going to come in on Sunday or you're going to come in on Monday. Have off Tuesday. Now you're back to regularly scheduled programming Wednesday throughout the week. That's typically how it works. So for me, I'm so used to. All right, I know Ripfest in town. I would check out Ripfest. Sure. I know I'm going to chill on Saturday for off, but I got to go to work on Monday. I got to go practice. And it's getting dialed up. And, and, and it's and it's for real. We're in pads. That's what I remember. I don't know all this. Oh, it's Labor Day. You should be supposed to like do something. Today was your Labor Day. Right. <laughs> I'm like, today is Labor Day for me when I played. And you couldn't even relax because it was cut down day. And you know, you're watching the clock. All right, I got to get to Saturday by 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. If my phone doesn't ring before Saturday at 4 p.m., I'm good. Don't ring. If, don't you, ring. if you call don't my ring. phone, we're going to have an issue. Texting only. Text only. Do <laughs> not call 48 me. 48 hours texting right. only. And you better not call from a 412 number. That that, that can't happen. <laughs> Period. That's what I remember. So this is all brand new to me, man, but I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I am embracing being a fan. Arthur Motes, Freedom Football, Fall, Fridays. Yes, indeed. It's all happening. And the 412 number that you can call, 412-919-1316. It is also today, Uh Motsi, Photoshop Friday. Uh Uh-oh. We already got one from David of us, of you and I, off to New England. There we go. That's the only hint I'm going to give, but it's a pretty good one if you want to see that. And tweet us as well, too, at Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody. Friday show today will be a little different than what it will be during the regular season Just a tad bit. Um, because you know normally today we'd be doing a lot of prediction stuff a lot of deep diving into matchups we're still going to have five star friday here uh today it's going to be a little different than it usually is but we'll we'll do some some typical friday staple stuff for you but you know we're going to start by diving right into that preseason game last night some thoughts there some observations there so Mr. Motes. Uh-oh. Let's talk about it. Got to ask you, last night, game mm-hmm. four, uh, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about everything that went into that. So as you sat there last night and watched game four, and now you've had an evening to sleep on it, a mm-hmm. couple hours this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is the number one thing in your mind, whether it be a theme, whether it be a person? What now... Are you most looking back on these four preseason games? Kind of where, if you were writing up a report, right, of winners and losers and report cards and some of this stuff that we'll get into, where would you begin? Before I would talk about an individual, I would talk about the philosophy that was talked about all offseason for the defense, creating turnovers. 
I think that that Since March, showed, they've been talking about that. Absolutely. And when you think about how they ended last season with just a, a lack of turnovers, a lack of splash defensively, and I think it cost them in a lot of games as well, you could see the emphasis that was put on that this season, in particular this preseason. Each game, they were knocking balls out. They were getting interceptions. They were finding ways to create splash. And I think that was the most eye-popping thing to me that stood out more so than any individual performance because there were definitely guys who flashed, guys who who had performances that we're going to note and talk about. But when we talk about just as a whole, that turnover mentality, that creating splash, it showed up in a big way this preseason. Yeah, it really did, and it's something that from owners' meetings – uh, Mr. Rooney and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin talked about, and the leaders on the defense talked about since OTAs, yeah. minicamp. Uh, since May, they've been talking about anytime uh, we talked to Joe Hayden at minicamp, anytime we had Stefan Tuitt on, it was always a conversation of playmaking, playmaking, playmaking. And that's something that was hammered home. And we talked about is that something you can really work on? Is it something you're just born with? Is it something you can scheme up? Is it something you can change, tweak something in the margins and in the minutiae that can help you? But I think it has been contagious. And you've seen it in practices. You saw it in training camp. Now you've seen it in all four preseason games. I'm with you. I think that's got to be encouraging. We've talked about how forcing turnovers can kind of be like hitting in baseball. Mm -hmm. All you need are one or two guys to step up to the plate, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to get into the action, get in on the action, and that can be uh, a contagious thing. And and hopefully that's something that we will see continue Sunday night in New England. We'll talk more about that when we return, as well as get into some of those individual performances, some report cards, some winners and losers, and of course some 53 man roster talk 412-919-1316 on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body 52 the body just getting started you're in the electric factory this is the Steelers blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24/7 home of the black and gold SNR Game four in the books, and now we await to see the final 53, how everything shakes out. Last night, the final opportunity at an audition. So, I got an idea here, if it's all right with you, Motsi. Okay, I guess it'd be all right, because you're the boss. Let's <laughs> let's find a, <laughs> let's find a uh, you know, well, let's get into some of this discussion specifically about some individuals from last night. Talk all some right? of this minutia. All so right. we'll, we'll go through some guys here, and then this will take us some time. This will probably be more than the single segment here, because we've got a lot to discuss. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a name, right? And you can tell me trending up, trending down, stay the same, no change, neutral type neutral. of thing. Neutral, yeah, all right. right. That, that sound good to you? Yeah. Is, is your stock up or your stock down? Whew. Ask me tomorrow at 5.30 when I can tell you the <laughs> WVU and the Manchester United results. Both got go, both that's got how beat. I go. Okay. You know, when I was growing up, Motsi, Saturdays that Man U and WVU played the same day, yeah. a couple hours apart, were like a joyous occasion. Okay. Because I'd wake up and, like, Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney would have scored seven goals already. Right. And then Steve Slayton and Pat White would run for 500 yards on some poverty Big East defense. Okay. It was fantastic. But now, the Saturdays that they both play, it's like, oh, um, like, just It's like a bad hair day. I just want it to be over and let's get on to the next one. I like it. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Dabati52. Dabati. 
Society. We've already got some good questions coming in here on Twitter. We will get to those soon, so keep them coming again at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. First one for you in this kind of trending up, trending down, staying the same conversation. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh oh. Mason Rudolph. Definitely trending up. I think his performance last night not only solidified it, but it put a stamp on him being number the two. number two quarterback. Number two. Went 7 of 11, 125 yards. Beautiful touchdown pass to uh, Johnny Holton. Hit him again on the other sideline. Uh, I think it was the series before that, but he just looked comfortable out there. Even though he was getting some pressure you know, from that Panthers defense, he still was able to maneuver and do enough to stay out of harm's way but make some beautiful timely passes. Once again, had his accuracy on display, both in the short to intermediate range and obviously with some of the deeper passes. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that he was fired up, man. If you looked on the uh, the touchdown pass he threw to uh, Johnny Houghton, he's sprinting over there to Randy Feekner to let him know, like, yeah, man, we did this. Give him the big hug. And for him, it was a, it was a home game. You know, he's down in that Carolina area. I think he uh, is South Carolina for him. But Pretty sure, yeah. For him, man, he said he's had a ton of people out there. So I know that felt good to be able to perform like that in front of the uh, in front of your family. Rock Hill, South Carolina yeah. is where he's from. There we go. Yeah. Ton of talent coming out that area. Seven for 11, buck 25, one tutty to Johnny Holton. We got to talk about Johnny Holton here hey. when we get to wide receivers. Hey. Uh, but I'm with you. Again, I... I'm not going to ever say, or not ever, I'm, at this point, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, Mason Rudolph can be a future number one quarterback, but I certainly think that door is still open. It's still a possibility. I'm certainly not going to say that, no, he couldn't be the guy You're going to leave the light on for him. I'm going to leave the light on for there him. There we go. Like a Motel 6. Hey. Josh Dobbs. <sighs> I think he took another step backwards. I would have loved to see him perform a lot better. He uh, he did show his athletic ability once again, though, escaping the rushes, making some plays, creating with his legs. But overall, he just I don't think he did enough, man. Three or five for 21 yards. And he got off to a very rough start. Now, granted, that wasn't his fault. I mean, I feel like the snap was low on the one and he tries to make the best of it. Then he has another one where he's throwing the ball late. And I mean, it almost was intercepted. But. I just don't think he did enough to get him back in that conversation. So, stock down. Yeah, I I would go stock down or neutral. But I, I think in the grand scheme of things, I would go stock down. And yeah. If we're looking wider picture of the, all four of these games. Right. I'm with you. You still see the flashes from time to time. You oh, know, absolutely. The, the athleticism is there. The decision making is strong. Yes. Just some of the accuracy issues. And that's the biggest thing because I'm thinking to myself, if that defender from the Panthers doesn't drop that interception, right now we're looking at him having what three interceptions? Three interceptions, like that's and that's one that a was lot. one that was taken away right. from a penalty too. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying stock down. And it's like, even though statistically it didn't happen, you can't live like that. You can't live on the oh well, you know he dropped it because in the regular season that that's not a drop, right? In the regular season those guys catch those, and that's the biggest thing right now, man. But like I said, he still continued to show some stuff, though, in terms of the athletic ability. Like you talked, so, like you talked about the decision making. Like I love that, and I think his he athletic showed, ability and his decision making are very polished. And I think he showed toughness as well because he was sure. taking, he took some shots. Sure, it wasn't like you know he had all the time in the world back there. He was under duress a lot, and he stood tall. And that's the one thing I did like, you know, when we saw him last night. You know but, what I think contributes to this? Us thinking that the arrow is pointing a little down with him too. Mm -hmm. It, and again, this is all part of it. We've seen this work in other ways too, and in other positions. 
But I think you've really seen the step from Mason Rudolph. Absolutely. Since last training camp, since last preseason, you've seen him take that step forward. Again, jury's still out if he's ever going to be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL, if he's ever going to be a number one. But you've seen him take that step. You've seen him progress, whereas you haven't seen it. It's been much more gradual with Dobbs, and he's a year ahead of the curve. Absolutely. Or you see the flashes, the nice, spectacular plays, and then you see some head scratchers. That's the part that I don't I don't like the drastic swings. If you're an average quarterback, be average. If you're a great quarterback, be great. But you can't have a great play and then a below average play. Like that's too drastic of a swing. Whereas with Mason, you don't see these super, you know, wide range of style plays. It's either gonna be good or it's gonna be really good. Right. You don't see really good then like Oh, man, what was that, What were you doing? Right, you don't see that with him. And for me, that's my biggest issue right now with Dobbs. Yeah, I'm with you. Last but not least, the Duck dynasty himself, Devlin Hodges. I think I'd probably say neutral. I say neutral because a lot of what he was dealing with last night was not his fault. That old line that he was out there with, they didn't do him any help. You heard of the steel curtain? That was the (laughs) tissue paper curtain out there last night. My... He was under duress from the first snap he got in there. I think that um, when you talk about his toughness, I think that was on display because he could have easily shut it down after some of the hits he was taking, the pressure he was taking. But I still think he showed extreme level of confidence. The one interception, I think that that was more so a great play by the defender than a bad pass by him. I mean, you look at how the defender jumps across, tips it, catches it between, uh, I think it was Zach Gentry's legs and all this type of craziness. That's when the plays like, all right. The other team's allowed to make yeah, plays, Yeah, yeah, you tip your cap to that. That's, that wasn't a bonehead throw. It wasn't a bad pass or anything like that. It was just... It was a fluke that that ball didn't hit the ground. Right. I still don't know how it didn't hit the ground. <laughs> Me either. So that's that's how I view that interception. But I think Duck, man, he's just neutral right now. I, f- I would have liked to have seen him with some protection mm-hmm. just to see what he could have done. But last night, he de- he didn't have any of that. It, it looked bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he was under duress. He was a man under fire yes. last night, for sure. Uh, all right, running backs. Um, and I don't, like, you notice there for quarterbacks, I didn't ask you, well, where's your arrow trending on Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> I, I, we don't need to talk about James Conner, I don't think. You want to sure? talk about James Conner? I mean, do you want me to say, I, I guess the zero's point enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on. Uh, I will say, yesterday on the uh, pregame show, Pursuta and Bob Labriola. So Pursuta asked Labs, and you know Labs very tapped into the Steelers, team yes. team employee, uh, Mr. Steelers.com, Mr. Steelers Depot himself. They said, all right, Labs, who's one guy who's just going to beast it this year? Mm-hmm. And Labs said James Conner. Mm-hmm. He said, I know that sounds crazy because he had a Pro Bowl season last year, he said, but he's got another level that he's going to get to this year. So I think that about covers our James well, Conner analysis. There you go. <laughs> Arrow pointed up twice. Jalen Samuels. I think Jalen's arrow is definitely pointed up. I think that he showed a ton of twitch and burst this preseason. You see the body transformation with him. He looks really good out there. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year with what he does in the running game and in the passing game. I think that he's continued to mature and develop in that area. And, yeah, I would definitely say the arrow is pointed up for him. I'm I'm saying the arrow's pointing straight up. Absolutely. Straight vertical for him. He's been very impressive since training camp. Like you mentioned, saw that transformation from a body standpoint that you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think he's a lot of the stuff that we hope to see from Benny Snell. We've seen it from Jalen yes. Samuels, and that's <laughs> good. And not not that Benny Snell's been bad and pass protection, but it was one of the things we talked about. Right. Jalen Samuels has been good in pass right, protection. Right. And he stepped up a lot considering he never did it. He's looked good running between the tackles. Absolutely. He's, I told you yesterday one of the things that I wanted to see from Benny Snell that we still didn't really see again yesterday, and we'll get to him in a second. Was I wanted to see him turn it? I call it turning a two into a twelve. Right, make people you, miss. You take a run that we think is only going to be a two yarder, mm-hmm. and you make someone miss, or you beat somebody to the outside, right. and you turn a two yard run into a twelve yard. We've run. seen that with Jalen. We've seen that with Jalen. I I have been. If I were to make a list, you know, of maybe like the five guys that I've been most impressed with mm-hmm. this, you know, this past month. I think Rudolph and and Jalen Samuels would be at the top of that list. Yeah, and they're both sophomore guys, both lower draft picks, third and fifth round guys. You can't ask for more than that. Absolutely, man. You're seeing that Absolutely. improvement, and and hopefully that only continues. All right, Benny Snell Jr. I would have to say that the arrow is pointing down, my friend. Yeah, I, I don't know how anybody as, can argue. As much that. as I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say neutral. This is the third time we've seen a performance like this. He looks sluggish. Um, I personally, like kind of how we talked about before, I think that he has to go through the body transformation, dropping some weight mm-hmm. like we've seen with so many Steeler running backs. That's what he needs to go through. I didn't really walk away feeling impressed with him on special teams. As much as Coach Tomlin talked about the importance of special teams yesterday for him, I didn't see him do anything to stand out like we saw with other players. Running-wise, I thought he had a chance to create one of those Instead of it being a two-yard gain, a 12-yard gain, he's running off the right side, off the tackle. Looks like he has a step to the edge, and he gets tripped up. I don't want to see that happen. I feel like you have to that find a right way. That play right there was his preseason right. in a nutshell. Right. It, I, I saw that happen last night, and I was like, that is his that's, these, that's this what he's last been. month for him yes. in a nutshell. It looks like it has some 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 promise. You're like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Two-yard gain. And then it's like, and he oh, you get tripped up. up. Two-yard gain. Like, what is this? That is Benny Snell's pre- 2019 yeah. preseason in a nutshell. That and one I think play. the another issue, too, was the hype around Benny Snell football. So you're assuming that it's going to be, you know, ground and pound. He's going to be, you know, running through people, stiff-arming people. And we just didn't see that. Uh, honestly, man, we talk about stiff-arming people. I thought the kid was about to break his arm on the one play where he, he's, like, catches it out the uh, – it was like probably like a five yard yeah. out route. He catches yeah. it, tries to jump over the guy, and he falls weird. I'm like, that was a, that was a dangerous. Yeah, fall. I'm like, man, I've seen people lose it like that, man. And maybe that's an example of we talked about this yesterday too. Trying too hard to make a right, play. absolutely. Like you hear it in ba- like right, you hear it in, it's a baseball and a hockey term too. Like gripping the bat too tight, gripping the stick. Right. If, if you're in a hitting drought, if you're in a goal scoring drought, mm-hmm. and you're a hockey player, sometimes you're gripping the stick too tight. You're holding the bat too tight, trying to force it a little bit too much. I think we're seeing some of that with yeah, Snell too, because it was like he wanted to create something to make you say "Wow" so bad. He wanted to turn a two into a twelve right. so bad. But it's like, man, you're about to jeopardize your health for the season. <laughs> Doing that type of stuff. Like, you can get away with that in college because you're a better athlete. At this level, even the practice squad guys are top-level athletes. Yeah. So you can't do those type of things, man. Like, it's just not realistic right now. And that's what we saw a lot this preseason with Benny. But the thing that's, this it makes you scratch your head is you know he has potential. You saw what he did at the SC, in the SEC at Kentucky. For three years. For three years. And, and not on Georgia or right, Alabama. At Kentucky. So that's very impressive. So you know that's not the issue. I think just the biggest thing right now is he's a year away. I think if he has a year to just get his body right. That's the silver lining, right? Absolutely. If he can sit and just kind of, all right, this is what I need to do. 
That's the and game changer. Not to this extent, but you even saw that happen with Lev Bell. Yeah, absolutely. Like, his second year, he looked like a completely different player than when he left Michigan State. That's and, how it is, man. And you James saw the Con- benefits, and I'm not saying that, that you know, Benny Snell's going to go on to be an all-pro one day, right. but I, I think you would see similar benefits from there, too, once he has that year to go through that transformation. we got a couple questions on Twitter about that specifically. We'll get to those. we also got to wrap up the running back discussion with Trey Edmonds, talk about the other Edmonds that has been making some waves this preseason. Yes, indeed. And we got some phone calls that we will get to on the board as well. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Rolling along when we return on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Jam-packed Friday, having some fun here. Euler and Motes inside the Electric Factory. Three hours today. We got the bonus hour once again here bonus. with you. Until 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A whole bunch going on here. A whole lot, a whole lot. All this Steelers talk that we're getting into, that will continue. We're going to hit the phone lines here in just a second as well, too, to get some reaction from the people from the power grid. The power grid. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Some really good questions coming in on Twitter. Keep those rolling in. I swear to you, we will get to them here shortly. Peeling back the curtain. I mean, we got all kinds of WVU, JMU trash talk going on here today. Uh, Arthur Motes is shopping for tailgating accessories <laughs> during breaks. He's asking me, like, what do you think about this flask or this one? Uh, uh, what should I do with this? Oh, are these tailgate chairs really nice. Uh, he is ready for his first go at being a football fan hey, this man. season. It's a big year for me. That's all I'm saying. It's a big year. <laughs> it is a big year indeed uh, for a lot of guys, a lot of these Steelers. Big year. We've talked about a lot of them. Uh, One of the guys we spent some time there just uh, a few minutes ago talking about, of course, Mason Rudolph. Let's go down to our buddy Juan in South Carolina. He wants to talk about Mason. What's happening, Juan? What's going on, buddy? How y'all doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. How about you? Uh, I'm ready for this 53 to be released. I'm ready. (laughs) Absolutely, man. (laughs) You and me both. What you thinking? All right. So, I know I know y'all was talking about Mason, but don't forget, I already asked it early in the week. He got the number two job, so remember, I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, and also, um, let's go with this 53-man roster. Um, do you think, with his performance last night, Johnny Hoekland, do you think he's going to make the team where he can be like that DHT for us? I think he makes things very interesting. I think it's a conversation With now. his performance last night. Um Obviously, you know the value he brings from a special teams element, and I think that's what really made him an intriguing player, especially when you think about the history with Darius Hayward Bay and how they kept him as a six receiver just for that. You know they're willing to keep those kind of guys around. yeah. But then when you see his performance from a receiver standpoint last night, I think that added a lot more value to it because now he's somebody that can take the top off of a defense, and that's the thing that you really get excited about. Yeah, I I – the one thing I did not expect, right? If you would have asked me yesterday, oh, you know, what are we going to be talking about tomorrow? Yeah, I'd have said the quarterbacks, and I would have said Benny Snell, and I would have said the linebackers, right? Oh yeah, always got to talk about the linebackers. I would not have thought that Johnny Hilton, Johnny Holton, pardon me, was going to be a talking point today. But good on him, man. He, again, I think I'm not going to say that he, you know, won himself a spot last night, but he certainly made it a conversation. 
Absolutely. He's certainly got some good tape out there. Without a doubt. I mean, I think that if it's not here, it's going to be somewhere. I think he definitely proved from a a receiving standpoint that he has a lot of potential there. The one thing that you can't coach in this league is speed. When you got a guy that can run by people, I mean, that that's what you got to respect. As a DB, you're scared of speed. Speed is special. That type of speed. Mm. And, I mean, I think he put it on display last night in a big way with two beautiful catches. One going for a touchdown. That's what you want to see. And, like you said, from a special teams element, he brings you value there. He does. He's a guy that can make your team better, and he can have an impact, a positive impact on your team in two phases. So any of your multiple phase, multi, multi-phase guys – they always have a little more leverage in terms of roster value. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Johnny Holton now. Again, I did not expect this to be the conversation, the thought process that I was having today. Bishop's down in Greensboro. He was at the game last night. He wants to talk about one Johnny Holton as well, too. What's up, Bishop? Hey, 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 guys. Great Friday, good Friday, all that good stuff. Hope y'all having a good uh, start to your uh, Labor Day weekend coming up. Absolutely. Loving the weekend so far, man. Hope about yourself. Oh, man, right now I'm driving to uh, the Durham right outside of Raleigh delivering some stuff. Okay. But anyway, uh, before we get uh, my question and some of the points I saw at the game, uh, Mr. Moose. Yes, sir. What are you now, 31, 32 years old? I'm a whopping 31, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, let me say, I'm 49, so let me tell you something. All right. So you said that you're going to start eating whatever you want, drink whatever you want, stand up late. Homeboy, let me tell you something. It's going to catch up with you. You know what they tell you, and, and you can't kill, call yourself the body uh, going out there looking like Ramon Foster. Oh, that's very dumb, boy. Hey, hey, listen. So, I agree so, with you 100% with that, and and I have taken steps to protect myself. Literally, it was, pro- right. it was hey, probably look, a month look, look ago. Here. Uh, hey, look here. <laughs> the work you put in uh, throughout your football life, man, damn it, enjoy yourself, brother. Uh, <laughs> but uh, real quick. Uh, based on what I saw last night, uh, several people have already talked about the, uh, that run with Snell's head where he could have. Yeah. The, he could have been going down the sidelines. But uh, Benny Snell football didn't kick in for him. Uh, so, I, so I believe it. I hate to say it. I like the kid, but I think he's. A, I think he's. A, I think it's a wrap for him. Uh, and Skipper, man, uh, I was sitting up there. I was sitting up high at the stadium, so I was able to see a good the whole entire uh, formation and everything. Yeah. Even when the play went away from him, he was still handling and beating his man. Mm. Uh, I, I know he was beating some Walmart greeters and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> too, like you said, but he was handling his thing. And uh, Gilbert, I, they got to find a way to keep them both, man. Um, somehow, some way, if that means uh, putting um, a day on, on IR, and um, I don't know, maybe let Manikavich. Uh, Go somewhere. Yeah. Um, Them cats, man. Them cats are flying around. That boy's a bear, man. I am. Um, that's about it for me, guys. I just want y'all to. I just want to get my points across based on what I saw. And I, oh, oh, guess what? Oh, what's I up? I got to see our number from your from your. Uh, <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey, people I, helping people, I, Bishop. I texted. I, I, I texted. Hey, guess what? What's up? He didn't text me back. So oh. <laughs> 
We're going to have to get on CR about that, man. CR here ghosting people. That's crazy. Bishop, we, we appreciate the, 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 the comic relief. And you're going to have to make sure you're checking up with Mozi on his, you know, yeah. on his diet. And he's, not, he's staying as the body and not the dough boy. Hey. All right, guys, I know I'll probably see y'all October 6th when we come up with Baltimore. Oh, All no right, doubt, guys. man. Sounds good, Bishop. Take care out there. Drive safe. <laughs> he cracks hey. me up, and he's coming at you. Hey, so, 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 I, I was aware of that, right? And I told myself I got to take precautions to make mm-hmm. sure that I uh, keep the body intact. Mm-hmm. So it was probably a month ago. Yeah, I'm about three weeks in now. I called my trainer back up out the blue. He's like, Yo, you coming back? Yo, What's man. up? You gonna make a return? I'm like, no. The West guy finally drove you crazy. I was you like, no. Go back to training camp? I was like, no, no, no. That's not what I'm calling you, babe. That's not what I want. I said, but look, this is my situation here, okay? I'm living my best life now that I'm retired. But I got to make sure that my body stays intact, all right? So I need you to get me on the workout plan, okay? I got to make sure that I stay fit. I stay fitting my clothes. And if I ever need to go to the beach, I can go out there with no shirt on, all right? I'm not saying I got to be ripped up like how I used to be, but make it respectable, all right? You got to at least be the dad bod. Right, right, right. It, hey. And I always say it's a, I'm the new version of dad bods because the old version, I ain't really with that one. Okay. So that's why I was telling So it's about three weeks in, but that was the whole reason because I'm just like, yeah. I'm living a little reckless with what I put in my body now from a, a, a food and beverage standpoint. So you've got it covered from a uh, from a body mass index <laughs> and a pure, a pure pounds standpoint uh, from this angle. To, and, and that's all true. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, and you know that everybody knows that when, once you get into your 20s, that metabolism, it's, it's trending down. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely trending down. The air is pouring down. <laughs> um, but it's really more so like the days after just the way you feel, man. Mm. It's, you know, you can't put down all that fried food and that See, alcohol. That's what, I'm, lo- that's what those, I'm looking forward to. There's cookie tables and all that. And then you wake up the next morning and it's like, oh. I'm looking forward to my Mondays when I come in here with you after tailgating and living oh, it up on Sundays. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, man. It's, it's dangerous. But it's I will it- say this, man, with uh, with Bishop, I like what he was saying in terms of just – the when he was looking at Benny Snell and how he wanted, I think everybody has this expectation that they were excited to see something happen with him. And because we hadn't seen it yet up until this point that the clock might be out on him. And when you just thinking about that, man, especially with the emergence of a Trey Edmonds mm-hmm. and how he's produced this preseason on both defense and in the special teams element, it really makes you wonder what are the Steelers thinking? I mean, in terms of when it comes down to that decision between those guys, because that's what it really is. We know James is here. We know Jalen Samuels is here. I doubt they keep four of those guys. No, practice squad one, maybe. Right. Uh, I think, I don't know what they're thinking, but I think I know what they're thinking. Uh, and that's the Trey Edmonds is the number three right now. Yeah. And I, I, I can't blame him, honestly. And if I was the decision maker, that's probably the same one I would make. Because for me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking on along these lines. If I had to try to stash Trey Edmonds or Benny Snell on practice squad, granted, I think Trey Edmonds you could stash on practice squad. Yes, but Benny wouldn't be dressing. Correct. He doesn't. He wouldn't give you any value right now or for the near future as a runner or in the special teams element that we know of. Whereas with Trey. You could put him on the active roster, and you know he would get a helmet. He could produce in some element right now. 
But then you have to weigh your options of if you put Benny on practice squad and the team picks him up, how do you feel about that? Right. But the Steelers well, historically you can hide him on IR. Yeah, but the Steelers historically have never been afraid to make a move like that. Like I talked uh, talked about in uh, 2015 or 2016 with uh, Duran Grant, mm-hmm. fourth round pick out of Ohio State. A lot of people thought, hey, Got- there's no way you're going to try to stash his going to practice squad or release him because he's a fourth rounder. He had hype coming out of Ohio State. People are going to uh, are going to claim him. And he sat on practice squad the whole season. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the whole season. Then came back the next year mm-hmm. and was still a well, bubble guy. Yeah. And to be fair, too, it's not like Benny Snell has put a ton on tape that would make other teams exactly. want to steal him from the Steelers practice squad. Right. What, his uh, his 1.8 yards per carry average that he's got yeah, going man. on right now? 1.6, I think, maybe? Yeah, I think it's 1.6 now. And it was just, I think if the expectations were different for him, it would be a different conversation. But because we were all expecting to see right. the Benny Snell and football. Some of that came from him, too, to be fair. True. Yeah, very true. And, and that's the thing with the expectations. It doesn't matter how they got here. It doesn't matter if he put them on himself or if other people put them on him. The fact is they were there. And he didn't live up to them. He was very underwhelming. And then you can't be underwhelming and have a guy like Trey Edmonds come out here and, and impress. Because now it makes it too close of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you're, and if any player would say you never want to be in that conversation, nope. <laughs> you don't want it close. We the two say, dogs, one bone yeah, conversation. Uh-uh. When he puts that up, there's two dogs, one bones. That's not a conversation you want to have. But that's what he's living right now. It is, and it'll be interesting to see. We'll know in about 24 hours from yeah, now. I uh, want to stay with the offense. Ask you about some of these wide receivers. A little bit more on Johnny Holton and Eli Rogers and Ryan Switzer and Deontay Johnson and Deontay Spencer and cats and dogs and me oh my and. And JMU? Would you relax? I'm sorry. Go Dukes. you got to get back into your flask hunting here during the break. <laughs> but when we come back uh, for hour two, we'll stay with the offense, Get start to transition into some defense talk as well, too. The tweet's still rolling in. We will get to those at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And the phone lines, we now have some openings, 412-919-1316. Rolling along, it's Euler Remotes in the Electric Factory on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. This is self-sabotage here. (laughs) Don't you talk over this, baby. I do love Prince, though. I mean, come on. How, How can you not? JMU game week, baby. Playing against the Mountaineers. Is this like is Purple Rain like a thing at JMU? No, man, but I love all things purple. Okay, I know that. Yeah, I mean, all things you, purple. Look at you today. So, some of the songs that we have at JMU that we rock with aren't probably uh, appropriate for this setting. I got you. You know, but Prince is always appropriate. You can for never every go wrong setting. with Prince, baby. Can never go wrong with them. Love, love some Prince, and uh, love this discussion we're having here through the first Absolutely. hour. We got a lot of interaction. We got a Photoshop Friday from our guy David today. Oh man, me and you <laughs> is a dumb and dumber off to New England. I love it, man. Getting seventy miles a gallon on this hog. I love it. Four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The and I've said it a few times. I'm not lying. We've gotten a couple good tweets here, good questions, some good points by oh, all absolutely. you people. We will get to that once we finish gas bagging here. Scout's honor. Another thing we're going to get to today, Motsi. Mm-hmm. Another little five-star Friday. Uh-oh. 
So it won't be matchup-specific looking ahead because, obviously, the Steelers have already played their game right. for this week. But we'll look back at some of the five-star performances Absolutely. from yesterday. And, you know, we always know, Motsi. Oh. It's always five-star when the Steelers are involved. Come on, baby. It's because the Steelers It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Anybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. So we'll have a little five-star Friday me. coming up with you here soon. That was Troy Polamalu Absolutely. and Deshae Townsend. Listen, man, they got the blood flowing. I had to do. So- I know you wanted that. I started to jump across the table and, and tap. I had you. to do some research to find that. You a real one. You know, la- yesterday I had some time to kill between our show and when the start of the Steelers broadcast, right. when everything started there, and my responsibilities there. I went back and I watched on YouTube oh, the wow. America's Game, you know, like the documentary yeah. that NFL Films does, because I had remembered a few years ago, like I was searching on Google and YouTube mm-hmm. for that five star five star matchup, yeah. and I couldn't find it anywhere. Wow. And so I remembered, I was like, I know I've heard it before. Where did I hear it? And the answer was the America's Game NFL Network documentary there on those go. Steelers Super yeah. Bowl 43 champions. So I went back, Motsi, and I sat there and I watched it until I that like part it. came up. And, and I, see, for I me, clipped it out. For me, I'm like, I always remember from Coach Tomlin. Yeah. Because every day we'll come in, it's a five-star matchup, man, because we are in it. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. And I was trying to find baby. a press conference video or something where he yeah. said that. And again, all that I could find it actually wow. in audio was right. from Troy and Deshae Townsend there. Well, if you had to pick two guys, man, hey. That's a good one. Absolutely. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, so we will have a little five-star Friday for you here before we get out at 3 o'clock, final day of the extra hour of mm-hmm. the Electric Factory. We're keeping the light on for you. Yeah, no. On the power grid. I did want to ask you, we, we ended there with some Trey Edmonds discussion, but yes. we got to put a bow on this. So, I mean, this one's pretty obvious. But Trey Edmonds, stock up or stock down? Stock is definitely up. Two arrows pointing way No up. question. I think he's impressed a lot of people. And this dates back to OTAs. I think that he's shown flash. He's shown that twitch that you want to see from a running back, especially a guy who isn't going to be the starter, but a guy who could come in and give you some spark. I think that he showed all of that. And he also, like I said, added value on the special teams element. And I think his arrow points up even more so because of the underwhelming performances that we saw from Benny. I think those kind of correlate. If Benny was producing and playing the way that we were expecting him to play, I don't think we would be having this conversation about Trey impressing us so much. But due to the circumstances, Trey has done what he's supposed to do. And that's the nature of the business, man. And he's taken his opportunity, and he's made the most of it. Absolutely. And like I said to you, if I'm a decision maker right now, I I, I think he's my third running back. I really do. Well, you know, um, Kevin Colbert and Mr. Winnie, they're tuning in right now. So if we're seeing it, then they're probably going to agree with us. It's true. They're taking notes. You're welcome, guys. You know, they said, listen, we had a late night last night. We got a lot of work to do here, but we got to carve out three hours for the electric factory. That's what they said. Come on, man. I... The only potential way that I could see Benny Snell ending up as the the third guy, you know, on Sunday in Foxborough and Trey Edmonds ending up on the practice squad or elsewhere is if they really just think, yeah, we're not going to need a third running back, at least not now. You know, like they just think that James and Jalen can handle so much of that. But, man, that's I, risky business, risky business. Gosh. And then one of those guys gets banged up in a game and all of a sudden you find Benny well, Snell having to produce. And, and that's be what I was going to say, because of their position. If it was a wide receiver, offensive line, quarterback, defense. A little more willing to take a risk. Absolutely. But the running back position, they get hit the most out of any position on the field. They have the shortest career span out of any of the positions on the field. Yep. 
And when you factor in all those things, it's the reason why teams never go into games with just two running backs. Because literally you're one play away, mm-hmm. especially at that position. And again, not even necessarily something serious, but just something just, that can knock you out for the right. rest of the game for a week. It happens. It happens a lot at that position. Absolutely. So in that regard, I find it hard for the, for me to believe that they would go up there with just two healthy running backs. No, I'm totally with you. So that does it for the running backs. Yeah. You want to go tight ends or wide receivers here? Uh, well, in my dreams, I always want to be a wide receiver, so let's go receivers. I think I think a lot of people do. I'm with you, too. Yeah. I, want I to would be throw Randy, my hand. I wanted to be Randy Ross. Moss. Absolutely. Moss. Throw my hand up. And, and I went through a T.O. phase. I used to work out in just like my tights, but that's for another day. Randy Moss from... Rand, West Virginia. Yeah. He ain't go to W, though. <laughs> he, well, that's a long story. I know. He was all over the place. He tried, let, he tried to, but we're let's not stay talking focused. About that. We're not talking about, that. Ain't talking about no We're Randy not Moss. talking about Randy. The Steelers. Steelers? <laughs> uh, wide receivers. Okay. Again, I don't think we really need to talk about Juju. Uh, is that fair? Uh, I was going to say, say neutral. Like, not playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, he was great in training camp, and the little flashes that we saw from him in preseason, hey, he, he scored was a fine, touchdown. scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's all you but need. we don't need to do stock up, stock down on Juju. Right. His place is pretty secured on this team. Um, even Moncrief, like, I, I think he's a neutral one, he's too. neutral, yeah. But James Washington, <sighs> I'm going another two big arrows pointing way up. Absolutely. I think that he did what he was supposed to do this preseason. Yeah. He showed growth. He showed confidence in his hands, route running, run after. He showed a highly conditioned body. It started in OTAs. And I know people might say that, hey, he did this last year, so what makes this year any different? But we don't know yet. We don't know what it's going to look like when he gets into a stadium. But what we can know and what we can hang our hat on is the fact that, once again, he produced at a very high level during the preseason. He produced when the num- when his number was called. And all we could do is just hope that it's going to carry over. And I think it will because, when, you, like I said, when you watch the film and you compare last year to this year, the numbers and the things that he was doing on the field this year are way better than what he was doing last year in terms of his route running, his hands, just overall mentality out there. So for me, man, I'm, I'm definitely high on him. Stock is definitely up. And now I'm just excited to see him do it in a real Game. Hopefully Sunday in Foxborough. Absolutely. I, I we've talked about this a little bit. You saw James flash at times last year in training camp and in the preseason, but every time he did it was when Mason Rudolph was throwing him the ball. Correct. You've seen it in training camp with Ben. You've seen it in preseason games in the stadium with the lights on against an opponent with Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. I again, we got to see it on Sundays when right. it really counts. But you've seen the combat catches. You've seen the adjustments. You've seen the body transformation. Absolutely. Um, you've seen him, again, not just from one quarterback, from multiple quarterbacks going out there and making plays. I think, uh, we, you know, it was funny. We were talking about guys that a few days ago, guys that have a real chance to up their grade in Madden. You right. know, some of those guys <laughs> that are like in the mid to high 70s. Absolutely. But by November, they could be mid to high 80s. We talked about Terrell Edmonds in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think James Washington is there, too. Certainly, if we're making a short list of, you know, the three or five guys that you're most excited to watch play this year, he's on that list. Absolutely, he's up there. I think, like I said, he did everything he was supposed to do this season, especially after how last season ended, especially after Ben had called him out to challenge him to come back as a better player. Right. I think he showed all of that. He showed that he's ready to not be a pro football player, but be a professional. Ooh. I like that. And that's what that's what I felt like he showed. And now, I'm, like I said, it's just time to see him do it 
when it matters, when it counts. Deontay Johnson. Again, a smaller sample size, Correct. but we've seen two preseason games of the uh, the young rookie. I'm going to say with Deontay Johnson, I, I'll say arrows up. Okay. I think that, you know, he still is young. He's running some good routes. Like I say, uh, he had the one touchdown pass called back, but he still, this would have been versus the uh, the Titans. No, versus the uh, Chiefs, excuse me, with Dobbs. He throws to him the back shoulder. They called it back. But he still finds ways to impact the game. He still finds ways to put his athletic ability on display. I think that he didn't do anything to make me feel negative about him or feel that he can't play at this level. I think that everything that he's shown, even though he hasn't done the super spectacular stuff yet, he's still shown enough that he's continuing to grow and get better. And that's why I say arrows up for him. I'm going to say neutral on him because I agree with everything that you just said. And I think if I were to break it down into two facets, I would have his arrow trending up in terms of his offensive contributions. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw it, two touchdown catches. Yes, one of them was right. called back on a bogus pass interference, whatever. You saw the adjustments. You saw the route running. You saw the ability. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. I've been a little underwhelmed in special teams where I thought we would see him make a couple splash plays this preseason. Mm -hmm. And I think that's his best chance to really contribute this year. Um, so for that, right, I'll say offensive production arrow up special mm -hmm. teams production arrow down and so okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna stay neutral with them okay well i could definitely understand that sentiment and sometimes that preseason when you're trying to uh, do things in the special teams yeah, element, i'm not writing them off that'll never cool. be a special teams <laughs> <Yeah>. contributor <laughs> but i just you saw it from deontay spencer right a couple right. times on special teams where you saw it from johnny holton a couple times absolutely i would have liked to have seen that from deontay johnson yeah, too. i can totally understand yeah. that well i think this is where we differ because i personally feel that he will contribute on the offensive side I think he might have just to. just because when you're looking in particular at the interior receivers, the Switzer, Ryan Switzer, Eli Rogers, I think that Deontay has a chance to make an impact in that area. I think he could supplant those guys. That, exactly. It might take him a little time, but right, not not at the beginning me. of the season, but late in the year, week ten, eleven, I could totally see him Kinda coming. Kind of like in what there. we saw with Juju his Absolutely. rookie year, really yeah. week seven, eight, nine, he started right. to figure it out. Like that's what I see potential from him, and that's why I say arrow up because. I think he's going to have the opportunities on offense this year. How about those guys you just mentioned? Let's say Eli Rogers first, because I think there's a little more meat to that discussion than the Ryan Switzer one. Yeah. I feel neutral. Yeah, I, I, would I think say that was same. neutral. I don't think he did anything great. I don't think he did anything terrible. It was just kind of, yeah, you know, it, it was neutral. It was cool. I and I'd probably say the same thing with Switzer. Absolutely, like both of them. And one of those guys is going to be here, and one of those guys isn't. And if you know, you take the quarterback's word for it. We all think we know how that's going to shake out. Right. I still don't know how I feel about that. Again, again, we've talked about this. I think Switzer maybe has the higher floor, right. but Eli has the higher ceiling. ceiling. Absolutely. Um, but hey, maybe in a perfect world, by week seven, eight, nine, ten, it's, Johnson it's Deontay Johnson. Anyways, right. and it doesn't matter. That's kind of how I see it happening. I feel like whichever one they keep, Switzer or Eli, or even if they keep both of them. I still think by mid to late in the season, it's going to be Deontay Johnson's spot. How about Deontay Spencer? Man, now this is the one. I felt like his arrow was pointed up. I just don't think he did enough Yes, I to agree. warrant taking one of those other guys off of the roster. I agree. And especially when you compare, if you're talking about keeping that sixth guy, and I had to decide between Deontay Spencer and Johnny Holton, I personally feel that Holton... I agree. 
I think he has the nod in that regard. So even though Deontay Spencer, as Arrow pointed up, I just don't think he did enough to make this team right now. I'm with you. What say you? 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. We will wrap up the offense when we return, get into some defensive talk, and, of course, get into some five-star Friday before we get out of here. Rolling along, it's Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Some tough decisions going to be made in the next 24 hours. Some hearts going to get broken. Some Steeler fans are going to say, I told you so. This is true. Some Steeler fans are going to say, Kevin Colbert and company are crazy. What are they doing? This is true. But we'll be here to break it all down for you. Hey, man. As always. And when you're, you know, in your feelings about it, whether they are good feelings or bad feelings, you know what to do. Just call us up. I'm in my feelings right now. I'm nervous there. We had that Stan Saverin thing play. I don't know. Stan's Stan's coming for us. Stan the man. We upset the Godfather. You know, there's going to be a a fish head in my fridge when I get home. Oh, man. (laughs) Just don't tell other beats. Trying to get my hands. Uh-oh. 412-919-1316. We'll get to some more reaction here shortly on Twitter at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. Wrapping up the tight ends, though. or Sorry, the wide receivers. Say, before, we, minute, before we get to tight minute. ends. Uh, the one guy that we did not talk about in terms of up and down, and this is another pretty obvious one, but Johnny Holton. I think he's made it a conversation now. Uh, and, hey, if it doesn't work out for him here... At least he's got some good tape out there that might be enticing to someone else. Absolutely. I could easily see him being the sixth the sixth receiver here. Or too. if not getting picked up somewhere else, easily making the practice squad here because of what he showed. I think he impressed with his speed. He played fast, showed uh, sure hands, and he made special teams tackles. We know how big that is. Not only did he affect, not only does he have return man capabilities, but he could cover kicks. That's the part that I was excited about. Seeing him last night get involved, get his jersey a little dirty as a defensive guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of things that stand out to me, especially when you think about offensive guys who typically don't want to hit. But for him, man, he showed that he's willing to do it all, scratch claw. And like I said, something about that speed, that's, that's special. You, you want big speed. You want guys who can run. And he's one of those guys that can affect the game in multiple facets. So I think that he definitely did, did – I think he definitely did something positive in terms of making his name come up in that debate in that room today when they're talking about should he stay, should he go. I think that's not going to be an easy one to just make a decision on and go about it. And from his standpoint, too – Say he does end up getting cut, I don't think he'll have that clear conscience in a sense, right? That he's not going to look back and be like, oh, what if? I'll be like, man, I laid it all out there. And Well, and it's funny. when If you compare just his situation to a Benny Snell situation, I think Benny, if he doesn't make it, he's going to look back like, man, I missed the opportunity. I left some plays I left out some there. plays out there. Yeah. Whereas Johnny, I think that he literally performed and did everything that he could. Every opportunity he had, he made the most of. And that's all you can ask for him as a player. You just want a fair shot. That's it. And I think that he definitely has his name in that conversation. You look at his numbers last night, man. Three catches, 86 yards, one touchdown. He caught two bombs, though. Two beautiful bombs. 
special teams tackle. All, all over the man. place. He, he showed you what you need to see, man. Yeah, he really did. And, and again, I told you in the last segment or two segments ago, whenever it was, doesn't matter, that I did not think we'd be sitting here discussing Johnny Holton today. If you'd have asked me yesterday all the things that we'd have been talking about before the game, uh, he would have been way down my list. But good on him. He is, he's jumped to the forefront of that list. Absolutely. Uh, without a doubt, and he's making uh, what are always tough decisions, maybe even a little bit tougher. Tight end position. Oof. My goodness. Ah. My goodness. Ooh. There's going to be a lot of arrows trending down in this oh, conversation, man. I have a feeling. We're going to leave Vance McDonald out of this, too. All right. Uh, what did Vance ever do to anybody? What did Vance leave him out of his... I mean, he <laughs> stiff-armed some poor guy from Gosh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just ruined his life. Made down him... to China. Made that guy from Tampa Bay dig a hole to China last year. But hey, other than but that, that, what that, that guy done? did become social media famous, though, so <laughs> it was a benefit. But we'll leave Vance out. Zach Gentry. Let's start with the rookie draft pick. One reception for one yard and two targets last night. Arrow is pointed down. I think that when we talked about leading up to this game, we wanted to see somebody from that tight end room impress. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Want, anyone. Bueller. We wanted to see somebody anyone. step up, somebody show that they are more than capable of being the second or third tight end. You heard the comments from Coach Tomlin prior to the game saying that those guys haven't impressed. They haven't done enough, whether it was from injuries or whatever the circumstances may be. They haven't done enough yet. You heard Kevin Colbert prior to the game saying very similar things in terms of the Titans in that room. So understanding the situation, I just expected to see more out of a Zach Gentry. I thought that we would see him at least step up and versus the lower level of competition last night shine a little bit more. But he did not do that. Uh like I say, he left me feeling very underwhelmed about him throughout this whole preseason, so Arrow was definitely pointed down for him. I think so too, and I still believe that there's a opportunity for him to one day be a viable number two or number three tight end right. in the National Football League. But certainly not soon, or in 2019, and this is still, uh, we spent a ton of time talking about this earlier in the week, my biggest concern with the Steelers this year, and granted, it's, I guess, a good concern to have relatively, but it's that depth at at tight end position. Absolutely. If you're telling me the X-Men is your third guy, fine. I, I, I don't love Grimble as a number three, but it could certainly be a lot worse. Right. But I am, I'm more concerned now. As the days and days go by, because I told you on Monday, oh, by close of business, <laughs> COB Friday, the Steelers yeah. are going to have, Kevin Colbert's going to have acquired a tight end, and now I'm staring down COB here, and still no tight end additions. Uh, I realize that could happen Saturday evening after Correct. some guys get cut. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not panicking, but I'm certainly not optimistic or encouraged very much either, and, and some of that has to do with Zach Gentry. Right. Yeah, I listen, if he's a stash guy and a project guy, that's fine. It's- Totally different than him being the third guy. I just don't want this team to be an injury away from having to lean on him, to depend on him in 2019. Yeah, I agree with you. And I do think that something is going to happen from a move standpoint. When you heard Kevin Colbert's comments prior to the game, they're asking about Xavier Grimble as the number two. And his comment, his his response was, technically, he's the number two tight end. As of right now. You could almost see him doing right, air right. quotes in his mind. As of right that. now, yes, X is the number two. 
that's not saying that that's how it's going to be once the season starts and everything like that. But I'm just kind of like, man, uh, I don't if you're talking about me and how you describe my position on the team, I don't want you to use the words. Technically, he's the second outside <laughs> linebacker. As of right now, he's the second outside linebacker. It doesn't seem like a lot of security in that statement. So just hearing that definitely leads me to believe that a move will be made, whether it's somebody through waivers, somebody through trade, whatever the case may be when they make their cuts today, it's going to be some action in in that room from now up until kickoff Sunday or next Sunday versus New England. And how about Xavier? Let's stay there. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to say neutral with him. Yeah, I agree, man. Drop some passes and stuff like that in the preseason, sure. But that's kind of what he is, right? I, I, I don't think – he hasn't changed my perception for the better. He hasn't changed my perception for the worse in these last month or so. I think – again, I don't love him as a third tight end, but I think he's a serviceable third tight end. I think you could certainly do a lot worse. I don't think he's a weakness or hinders your cause as a football team as your third tight end. Mm-hmm. So I'll say neutral for that, but obviously I'm concerned that he's going to be asked to do a little bit more. Yeah, I agree, man. Neutral is what best defines Xavier right now. And I'm a little disappointed because I know what he's capable of. Like I said, being on that field with him for a numerous amount of years, being a teammate of his, a friend of his, my expectations for him are a lot higher. And the fact that he still hasn't come out here and display it yet is what's so frustrating because you, like, like I said, for me, I know what he he's capable of from an athletic standpoint, right. his blocking ability, route running, speed, but the inconsistencies with his hands. At that tight end position, you can't have that. You have to be the safety net, the sure hand. That's what made Heath so special here. Even when Heath athletically wasn't the same anymore, the one thing you could count on from Heath was sure hands. He was going to get past the first down mark. Absolutely. He was going to find a gap in coverage. And he was going to sit gonna it down and catch the ball. Period. You knew that. Even with Jesse. Jesse, from an athletic standpoint, isn't the athlete that X is. He isn't half the athlete that X is. But he has the sure hands. And that's the biggest issue right now with X. It's like you have all the tools except the main one, which are the sure hands. The fundamentals. The fundamentals of it. So for me, definitely neutral, but it's neutral with a sad face because <laughs> I expect more from my men. I, I can feel that. One guy that I will say trending up, and I don't think it's enough to make me think that he has a spot on this roster. That's not what I'm saying. But I was impressed with what we saw from Kevin Raider. Mm, yeah. Uh, again, not enough to make the roster, but if we're just going in a pure stock up, stock down, which way your arrow is pointing, I'd give him not through the roof, but it'd be, you know. Yeah. It'd be a nice little gradual increase. Yeah. I, like you said, there's one of those things that was it good for him? Yes. Do you think he did enough to make this roster? No. 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 And I think it's a, a lesser version of what we talked about with Deontay Spencer. Yeah. I think Deontay Spencer, he did a lot, but it was just the room that he's in. It was nowhere. It wasn't enough. Whereas with Raider, I think that he did a lot to impress himself and impress like his personal fans. But in terms of, was it enough to even have that conversation of, Oh, could you get rid of his egg gentry? Right. For him? No. I don't think it was even close to that conversation. Xavier Grimble. No. Right. Yeah. I, I'm with you too. And I'd say the same thing about 
Our friend from across the pond. Oh, what did you say there, mate? Christian Scotland Williamson. Oh, he's such a bloody good fella. I'd say glory, glory, Man United, and oh, that's about man. it. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's another I'll have one, some too. some tear crumpets from today, man. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of, you know, you just look at him, and he's got a lot of the things that you can't coach. Right. But I just, I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen for him in the National Football League at yeah. this level. And that's the thing, man. At this level, it takes a lot to be successful. No doubt. I think people get a a false view of it because they're so used to seeing guys just come in and produce guys that they're like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere. He was a free agent or a six-round draft pick. James Harrison. Right. But you still realize, like, James was still... He a, got cut a bunch of times. He got cut a bunch of times, but he was, he was still a dope player even when he was in high school, even when he was at Kent State. Like, it's hard to just pick, pick this up, up. right? You, it's not from the physicality standpoint, the the speed and style of the game, like everything that's associated with it is very difficult. Yeah, the Antonio Gateses do right. not grow on trees. That, that's that's <laughs> rare. And, and you, every year you, you hear about people trying to do the Antonio Gates thing. The Jimmy oh, Grahams man, do right. not grow. I mean, that's like they, two they guys used to play that are basketball. coming to mind. They're yeah. tall or they can, they're athletic. And Great. For all two of them, there's 2,000 right. that have tried and failed. So that's the thing. It's like you, you, you root for the guy because he's a good guy, a really good guy. Genuine dude. I love listening to him talk. Yeah, man. But it's just, it's a hard sport to just pick up and get into. No doubt. And in this business, the clock is always ticking on you. It's not like you come in and you're on scholarship. You got four years to develop. Oh, be a fifth-year senior and come out here and produce. You don't have that luxury at this level. And especially when you're a guy like him, too, where at least we could probably think Antonio Gates and Jimmy Graham they were probably at least at recess and in the backyard with their right. friends playing, playing football. football. They probably played in high school. <laughs> right. Cortland Scott and Williamson, that was rugby. Yeah. Like, he wasn't on Thanksgiving out in the yard playing no. football with his mates in, in London. They were playing rugby or they were playing football. 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 Yeah. As in right. the soccer version. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, it's a lot to ask. It and is. that's why, like I said, for, for every guy that makes it in that kind of path, there's a, there's a thousand that, that don't. That don't, yeah. And it, it, it's a tough ask, no Absolutely, doubt. Man. So the tight end's still leaving a little bit to be desired, a lot to be desired. A lot to be desired. Yeah, and that'll well, certainly, that'll be something that we'll be talking about on Monday. Absolutely. Because we're either going to be like, okay, look, new shiny toy, or we're going to be like, can you believe Kevin Colbert, right. Mike Tommy, didn't go out, get a tight end, I'm angry. We'll so have to get it off our chest on Monday. We're going to have to get it off our chest in a good way or a bad way. Anything you want to get off your chest about this 53-man roster, 412-919-1316. Also on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Talk about offensive. Let's, let's go in the trenches next. A little offensive and defensive lineman. Why do you have to say offensive and defensive? Why can't it be defensive and offensive? Alphabetically, O comes before D, right? What? Wait. What? Huh? Huh? What? That's that W Listen, education, baby. Alphabet is a 200-level course in Morgantown, all right? You Listen. can't blame me. Listen. I wasn't hanging around to get my master's. Just error on the side of defense first, and you're fine. Okay? Well, sometimes, you know, you got to remember who I sit across the table from. Right. You, know? you got to know your audience. You got to know your partner. Because all, well, all these offensive guys typically come but, on the mic and get on TV. Now you got defense in here. Defense is going to become a priority again. I'm yeah. making defense great again, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, we started last week. One of our big discussion points of the week was, are the Steelers getting back to a franchise that is going to be led by defense as Absolutely. opposed to a high-powered offense? 
But we got to wrap up the offense first, all right? I'm not trying to be Charlotte's web here. In You're right. So all right. We'll go O-line. D-line when we return. But we'll start with the O-line. How about that? All right. Yeah, whatever. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Euler Remotes on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Perhaps the toughest of tough decisions mm-hmm. facing Kevin Colbert, Mr. Rooney, Mike Tomlin, and company. All the powers en- that be. Their entire staff. It might be how many offensive linemen to keep. I, I know mm. we're going to get into some in-depth discussion with linebackers, and, and certainly there's a lot of minutia there running back and what they're going to do, but uh, they have... Motsi, a lot of capable offensive linemen, a lot of guys who could play or at least have a role in the National Football League, and you can't always keep all of them. This is true. A ton of depth in that room, a ton of potential starters in that room. Mm-hmm. I and told you, I think I got eight guys who are better than anyone Cleveland has on the offensive line. Yeah. Well, you say, I, I say... Oh, Everybody but one of those guys over okay. there. Just because, you know, I got my boy over there. Chris <laughs> Hubbard. I'm just throwing it out there. You don't want to throw any you dirt on Hub's name. I, All right, not, that's fine. I will, that's not, fine. I will not slander my dog's name. Good company man, okay. Arthur Motes. What that's, happened? That's my bro. That's my bro. That's all I'm saying. Um, but obviously, okay, so the starting five. No, no, no. So so don't do that. I'm going to go with the starting five, and I'm going to let you Ooh. decide on the other guy. So I'm going to say uh, for Ramon Foster, I'm going to say stock up. Marquise Pouncey, definitely stock up. Um Castro, ah, I'm feeling neutral, but you know what? <laughs> I give him the benefit of the doubt. Stop it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's stock up. Ah, oh, that Matt Fowler guy, ah, you know what? Stock up. All right, so now that I'm done, now your turn. Because <laughs> that's a tough decision. So aside from the five starters, <laughs> who, you know, most just knocked it out of the park there. You know, I just, yeah, I'm really high on these guys. <laughs> all five are going to the Pro Bowl and some type of all pro. Maybe not first team, you but they're in some type of all pro. Um, I'm really interested in your thoughts on Chooks Akorafor. We've seen some good mm, from him. Yeah. We've seen some bad. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this, maybe to start this. It, it seems like that swing tackle role, that swing tackle position is still a conversation between Chooks and Zach Banner. Is that more of an indictment on Chooks' performance or is it a credit to Banner's performance or maybe a little bit of both? I honestly think it's a little bit of both. I think that Banner has come in and played really well. He has. And I think he's shown a lot of consistency, whereas Chooks, on the other hand, has had some really good performances. And he's had some performances that have left him wanting a lot more or a lot more to be desired. So in that regard, yeah, man, I don't want to have to. We're going into this thing, man. I'm just going to hop right into it, man, with my man Chooks. I think he's neutral. I would say neutral, too. I, I Not that I've like soured neutral. on him. I just right. thought I'd see a little bit more. Exactly. And I think with the expectation and a little bit of hype surrounding him after this performance versus Denver last I was year. I going to say, when you come in and you you hold Von Miller to right. his own in your first ever NFL action, you're setting the bar pretty high. Absolutely. And then you get into the uh, offseason, and the, the talk was, is it an open battle for the right tackle position between Matt Filer and Chooks Okorafor? And... I think that Matt from day one just showed that he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He showed a ton of consistency, even in the practice settings. He looked sharp. He looked good. Didn't matter who he was going against. Whereas 
like I said with Chooks, man, the inconsistency showed up, and they showed up in a big way that first game versus uh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, where he was playing at left tackle that week. And I was just like, man. And he was getting beat a little bit, giving up a ton of pressure. Then you see him the next time he's at right tackle. It looks good, but then it's still just up and downs, up and downs. And when you when it comes to protecting Big Ben, mm-hmm. you can't be up and down. Nope. Just, yeah, the standard is definitely the standard when it comes to that, because that's the most important piece to this puzzle. So after seeing that, man, you just have to go with neutral from. I think so too. Um, I think BJ Fenny would be another guy. I would say neutral, not. Yeah, we just you kind of know what he is. He's Absolutely. a jack of all trades. Yeah. He's a great guy to have. Is almost like your sixth man off the bench. Absolutely, he, he's play three different positions. You're not losing sleep if BJ has to come in there, right? And play. Right. You're and not so losing sleep if he has to come in there and start. I'm not saying like oh crazy arrow trending up. I think they could trade him for a second right. round draft. You know, but uh, at the same time, I think you know what he is. You're Absolutely. confident in him. And like you said, you're not. If you know BJ is going to be involved this season, you're not losing any sleep no or concerned about that at all. How and, about? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say it's just funny how drastic that perception is for BJ in the O line versus when we're talking about the tight end room. We're like, if Zach Gentry, it's the complete polar opposite. It has to be linked upon this year. You're like, ah, oh, man. man. You know Ooh. what? Maybe we could just teach one of these offensive linemen to catch and have them be a tight end. There you go, man. <laughs> uh, the guy that is maybe in this whole bubble conversation the most intriguing with me because I think he's kind of the. Uh, He's kind of the one cog that can move a lot of other pieces and yeah. what happens with the linebackers, how many running backs do they keep, and how many offensive linemen do they keep. Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson. Fred Johnson. I was going to say, come on, this is in Buffalo. What? <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is I did I did that same thing yesterday. I was on a Mark Madden uh-huh. show with Dayon Kovacevic, and, and I did the same thing. I called him Fred Jackson. I was like, Fred, Fred Johnson. Johnson. Jeez. Fred Johnson. Yes. Man, he is a guy who I'm saying like straight up arrow trending. I just he would have to be that ninth offensive lineman that makes mm-hmm. the roster. And again, it comes down to some of these bubble guys at linebacker, right. running back, wide receiver, or Fred Johnson. I just you know I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out here in the next 24 hours. But I do think he has been uh, arrow trending up all preseason. Absolutely. And the thing that I was most excited about with him is just him displaying his position flexibility him being able to play multiple spots on that offensive line, which is huge. If you're going to be, if you're not the starting, if you're not in the starting five as an old lineman, you have to have position flexibility. You have to be able to play. You're not playing special teams. Absolutely. So you have to show your worth and value in that in particular to warrant a helmet on Sundays. If you're not going to be starting. Sure. And I think with Fred, he definitely has displayed that. I think that he's performed really well throughout the preseason. So I definitely say arrows pointed up for him as well. Yeah. And like I said, I he's the real one for me that I think is the, you know, if I'm if I'm Joe Lenardi and this right. is my bracketology and I've got my first four in and my first four out. Absolutely. He's like in. he's the guy who's like he's either the last one in or the first yeah. one out. I'm just not entirely sure. But yet. you're high on him though. I, I could yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to see him. Even if there isn't a role for him this year, somehow I'd like to see him back in training camp next year. Mm. Now, do you think he's a guy that could potentially be on a practice squad? Yeah, I do. Okay, ten spots on the practice squad, right? Yeah, ten. Mm-hmm. So you would one of those for a, for a lineman. Yeah, I think. I think especially too. I think the Steelers are starting to get to that point where they realize, and their offensive line is great right now. Yeah, it is 
one of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. Correct. It was one of two or three elite offensive unit, offensive line units in the National Football League at a time when offensive line play isn't great. Absolutely. I think they're realizing, though, that some of these guys are getting towards the back nine of their career, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, Pouncey, Pouncey's 10 years, not a spring chicken Ramon's anymore. Ramon's at 11. DeCastro's not a DeCastro's spring chicken what, anymore. Eight. Uh, eight, eight or nine, I think it is. Yeah. Al, even though Al is technically young playing-wise, he's, he's approaching still 30. the same age, uh, 29, 30 years old. So Matt Filer's right in that age group. I think Matt Filer's 28, 29, maybe. Yeah. So, DJ Finney, I mean, he's, what, 25, 26? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering, too, if it comes down to pulling hairs for practice squad spots, mm. if that plays into it, that they know, hey, maybe there's a better chance that Three years from now, we're going to need one of these right. offensive linemen when somebody retires or, or someone's on their last leg or Absolutely. something like that, as opposed to some of these wide receivers who right. are, you know, in uh, in a little bit more of a seasoned age group. I, I wonder how that factors into the discussion as well, too. Yeah, or, um, if it does. Well, yeah, I think when it comes down to making hard decisions like that. I think all of that factors in. You know how you've said it many times how important youth is to to that coaching staff and that organization. Because you're always planning for the future. You always have to make sure that what's your contingency plan. And you want to have youth. You want to have the younger guys who can ball. So I definitely think that that does play in his favor in terms of making those decisions right now for the roster. 412-919-1316 on Twitter at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. I want to ask you now about, let's go to your favorite side of the football. Ah, yes. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Let's stay in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Defensive line. Oh, man. All right, we know the big three. All right. They're not going anywhere. Jeez, man. Cam you, Hayward. You, you take all the easy answers. I was, ready to, it. I was ready to be like, Cam. Although, you know what? Maybe two you know. arrow pointing up after yeah, well, some but, of the but, stuff that we but, saw in the preseason. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Javon Hargrave. Oh, yeah. Listen, you, oh. you know what you're getting with oh, those three. Okay, I'm right? just saying. They're yeah. good. Yeah, bro. They're fine. Yeah, we don't we don't need we don't need to be you know I'm not as concerned about their arrows. I'm more concerned <laughs> about their health, and I, I think we're good in that regard. Tyson Alu 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 Alu, my your 2010 fellow 2010 brother. draft. You guys were drafted just a few spots apart. Come you know, on, first man. round, sixth round, no the same difference. difference. Yeah, you know, great on the curve, draft <laughs> on the curve. It's all good. But for him, man, I think just neutral right now. And yeah. like I said, it's not nothing negative. It's just you know what you you're going to get from him. He's super consistent. He's a guy that if his number is called, if he has to start games, whatever it may be, you're extremely comfortable with him. You know his pedigree. You know what he presents from an athletic standpoint. Yeah, man. That's that's my guy. What about a guy that it's a popular phrase around here? Uh-oh. Adam Crowley uses it. Matt Williamson uses Uh-oh. it. I've stolen it. The guy that's been on scholarship here <laughs> for a long time, Big Dan McCullers. Well, last night he did perform really well. I saw him throwing little guys out the way or big guys that look little next to Dan out the way. So in that regard, man, Arrow's pointed up. I think that Dan is one of those guys that you it's just hard to not have him right now. And no one's really pushing him. Right. To, oh, and you that's can't the thing, keep like, Dan over that guy. I haven't seen anyone who has shown the the skill set or the knack to be able to do what he can do. Now, granted, the biggest thing is just having him do it consistently every time to the best of his ability. But as of right now, I mean, what we saw in the preseason from him, he was still, yeah, being a man in the middle. So, How about one of the guys who maybe during training camp we were all hoping would push Big Dan a little bit, the rookie out of Alabama, Mm -hmm. six-round draft pick, Isaiah Bugs. Now, this is 
the difficult one for me because I wanted to say neutral. But because he's a rookie and we technically didn't know what to expect from him, I have to say the arrow is pointed up just because the little bit of things that he did do. He's shown some flashes. He's shown some flashes. And we don't know what we're going to get from him on an NFL scale yet. And last night, I think that he flashed as well. I think that he was very active in the run game, very active up front and, and being disruptive. So with that being said, I would say arrows up for Isaiah. I think so too. Not, you know. Not a straight right. vertical jump, but I he's another guy. I want to see him in training camp next year. I want exactly. to I want to see that progress, yeah. you know, in a year in the and, NFL will do. And my thing is even if he doesn't make the active roster this year, say he's open St. Vincent next absolutely. summer and, and and hopefully see that transformation. Last but not least here, I don't think he's really got any chance of making the roster, but he had a nice showing last night. Henry Mondo. Yeah. Hold on, wait while I pour my oh. my Cabernet Savant here. Oh, Je ne sais about Harry Mondu. Oh, yes, well, Mr. Henry Mondu. I think that he did flash a little bit last night. We definitely got to give him credit for that. But he's one of those guys, kind of like we talked about in the uh, in the other rooms with Deontay Spencer's. When we talked about, you know, the, uh, the different O-linemen and stuff like that, I think his arrows point up, but I don't think it's anywhere near what it would have needed to be in terms of performances to have warranted one of those spots from some of the other interior defensive linemen. So, and like I said, it's not a knock on him. It's just more so a tip of the cap to the guys that are ahead of him. But I think he does still have potential to play at this level. Two hours in the books, the bonus hour coming up, and we still got a bunch to get to. We're going to talk linebackers. Oh, Arthur Moses, bread and butter. Now you're talking or is it to your me. meat and potatoes. Well, How about I'm, both? I'm a meat and potato type of guy. Okay. I don't really like bread and butter. Okay. The carbs. Yeah. So we'll get into Arthur Moses' meat and potatoes, the linebacker group, when we return. We'll also talk about the secondary. I guess they're all carbs, though. Five-star Friday. We've got that coming up for you in the next hour. Is yeah. butter a carb? Well, bread is. That, you didn't get that reference, did you? I didn't, bro. That's from Mean Girls. So I'm not on Watch Me. Oh, that's a mistake. And also, Arthur Motes has his first ever fantasy draft. Jeez, Uh-oh. welcome to 2006, Motes. Hey, man. Coming up this weekend, I want to talk with him about that as well, too. And we will get to your calls when we return. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body Inside the Electric Factory. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Euler and Motes inside the electric factory, and we've spent a lot of the first two hours, most of the first two hours, discussing this roster, this team, these Pittsburgh Stellas, and how they're going to look this year. Preseason 2K19 in the books, mm-hmm. Arthur Motes. Mm-hmm. It's done and dusted. So you know whose stock is trending way up? Whose? Ours. Hey. The fans. Talk to us. Because from here on out, what starting tomorrow in Morgantown, it's just real football the rest of the way, baby. That's it, baby. There's no more preseason. There's no more joint practices. There's no more this and that. It's real football wins and losses on the schedule forever, in eternity, the 2K19 campaign. <sighs> so our stock is trending way up here as well. Way if up. If I might add. The Steelers finished the preseason 3-1, and one, Mozi. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
would have been if they would have won last night, would have been the first time in 22 years that they went 4-0 in the preseason. <laughs> but last year, eh, do a little, you know, flex my journalism muscles. I like when you here. do that. The Steelers were the ninth team in Steelers history to win their first three preseason games. Okay, mm, okay. nine teams in Steelers history have started the preseason out three and three and zero. Oh. Right. Of those nine teams, two won the Super Bowl, and four others made it to at least the AFC Championship game. Oh, so of the nine teams in Steelers history that have started out three and zero, oh, uh-huh. six of those teams have found themselves at least in the AFC Championship game. Two of them. Raising Lombardi trophies. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. What was the most recent one? Do you got that data? The most recent of the two was the 08, I believe. Okay. Because that was the preseason that the Steelers had an extra game. Mm. I'm pretty sure. In the Hall of Fame game. So they started out 3-0, and then they lost one, and then won one. I think they finished that preseason 4-1. Okay. Um but the AFC Championship games, I believe that happened again as well in the 2000 and what would have been the 10 or 11 Super Bowl that the Steelers fell to the Packers in Dallas. Got you. Okay. So, listen, again, you know, sometimes good omens, you know. Hey, I'm not I'll against take it. it. I'll take I a little not good juju it. here on Absolutely. Friday. I don't want bad juju. How about that? How about that? We're, uh, we're going to get good juju on Sunday up in hey, we better. Foxborough. Hey, now. 412-919-1316 at Wesley Euler at the body 52 the body on Twitter. Going to continue the defensive conversation here. But before Finally. we do, Tristan in the car, he's got a, uh, a potential trade proposal involving the offensive line for us. What's up, Tristan? How's it going, gentlemen? So I'm really excited for Steelers football this year, but the tight end situation has to change because as much as I love big body Vance, we can't rely on him solely throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, and Randy Feener even guys, said I, said that this yeah. past week. Yeah. So what? So you guys referenced our amazing offensive line depth the Steelers have, and so I had a I have a trade in mind. But before I even tell you my trade, would you be willing to trade some of that offensive line depth uh, for a tight end, possibly even a rental going forward? I would. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that at all. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, you know, again, we've talked about how the Steelers operate, and it's never yeah. a Super Bowl window, and it's we're going to win every single year. Uh, but like we said, Tristan, when you've got eight or nine capable offensive linemen, I would certainly be willing to part with one of them. So here's an interesting thought that I had. So the Indianapolis Colts have a pretty good offensive line, but their depth isn't amazing. And their current right tackle, the guy by the name of Braden Smith, is currently listed as a guard, actually. So he's he's okay, but he's not great. And they need some depth. Eric Ebron's a rental right now. He is. If you could trade Chooks Akora for, and maybe if, if they won't take just him a pick for Eric Ebron, would you be willing to do that, even though we know Chooks Akora for his potential? I would. I personally would, yeah. As long as it's Chooks in a fourth. Right. I wouldn't want to give up more yeah. than a fourth, especially for a yeah. potential one-year rental. Well, and but... they don't have a third technically yeah. this year. Now, we do think they'll get awarded a comp pick at the end of the right. third round for the Lev Bell contract. But they yeah. technically right now don't even have a third-round pick to trade. But, but I will say this. Bringing Ebron in would drastically upgrade that oh, tight end room. 13, 12, 13 he, 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 would, he would easily be tight yeah. end one. Vance would yes. become tight end number two. Yes. And now you have X at That's three. Yeah. A lot of people, in, for 
example, you were talking about your fantasy team and maybe looking at that, uh, Arthur, later. But for fantasy football purposes, Eric Ebron, when Andrew Luck was still his quarterback, was rated at number six. Big Ben's passer rating is 103 to tight ends last mm. year. If Eric, Ebron and, if Eric Ebron ends up with the Steelers, I mean, that's a combo that brings Eric Ebron into the top three into a royal quartet oh, of tight ends in the NFL. <laughs> with George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey, then you'd have Eric Ebron above Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard. And at that point, Eric Ebron, it's a good thing for Eric Ebron. It's a good thing for the Colts because right now they're in a rebuild, and it's a great thing for the Steelers. It works out for everybody involved. Tristan, I know what I'm doing when I get home now. I'm firing up Madden, and I'm seeing hey. what it takes to trade Chooks and a fourth for Eric. Right. I'm going to see if I can pull it off. Can we make well, that happen? Well, well, and I'll even say this. I'll, I'll do you one for this, right? If we can't pull off the Ebron trade, I even think that you go with uh, Jack Doyle. Jack He's Doyle another one who yeah. comes in, and he can still bolster that tight end room. Without a doubt, sure hands has produced in this league. So, yeah, I, I definitely – and he did it with Jacoby Brissett. Right. He didn't even do it with Andrew Luck. Right. So when I think about that, I'm like, you got options in particular. Almost if you put – if you even if you did a Chooks and Dobbs and a draft pick because yeah. they, they need quarterback help. Mm. They need O-line help. Mm. We got options here. I They've like expressed it. interest. I like it. Tristan, thanks for the call, man. Great stuff. Call, Absolutely. Coming prepared. Call back anytime. I, I love like it. it. All right, sounds good. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tristan. Uh, he he, hey. he came with the stats there with the Ben uh, like over 100 that. passer rating to tight end. Hey, look, gave me a little fantasy football knowledge too. They they hey, shout out to Tristan, man. Shout oh, out. Oh man, he's he's covering all his bases. Absolutely, like that. that's a good caller right good there. Good guy right there. Um, yeah, I I don't know again because some of that stuff we talked about a few minutes ago with some of the veteran nature of a lot of your starters, right? Like I, like a, a Chooks a core four and a BJ Finney might be considered untouchable to them, right? So you might be talking, age, yeah. you might be talking to Zach Banner or Fred Johnson, and then all of a sudden are those guys is intriguing to the Colts. Maybe not, right? But there's a lot of moving parts, and I guarantee you we're not the only ones having this conversation. Oh there's, no question, there's real decision makers for the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers that are having some of these similar conversations. Have been having these. Yes, they just for they're now. just listening to us because they want to get a little more guidance when it comes to making these big-time decisions. And that's what we're providing to them. And including the people, the power grid, letting them understand our keen knowledge of so, the situation. sometimes we have callers line up that just fit well with where I'm trying to go here. Absolutely. And I've had written down in my notes here Uh-oh. to make sure to ask you before we get out today, Uh huh. what is going to be the toughest position group to decide to Ooh. make cuts at? Our friend John in Morgantown, and I'm sure he wants to talk about the Mountaineers and the Dukes as well. Morgantown. John in Morgantown wants to ask hardest position to cut. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, Wes? What's up, Mates? How you guys doing on this Friday? We're in here trading punches. (laughs) He's got on his JMU shirt. I've got on my Mountaineer shirt. We're ready to go, baby. Oh, man, the house divided in the studio. But I, I like that question, John, and that's something we'll get into here. In, in your opinion, what is going to be the hardest position to cut for the Steelers? Man, I feel like the linebackers, I mean, there's a lot of talent there. I mean, there's a lot of guys I want to keep. I mean, Tuzar Skipper, Gilbert, uh, even guys like 
uh, the lane, man. They've been playing real good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the receivers, too. I mean, in that last game, just Holton showing up. Um, I feel like it's going to be tough. And even offensive line, I mean, guys like Fred Johnson, they've been playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Derwin Gray, I thought he showed some things, too. So, I mean, I guess it's a good and a bad position to be in just because, I mean, from the talent standpoint, you have a lot of guys that can do the job. But at the same time, too, it's, it's a, I mean, Tough decisions. unfortunate for them. Yeah, that, I mean, these guys are good and they won't be able to play on the best team in the National Football League. Yeah, man. And, you know, that's the nature of this business, the nature of the beast. But, man, when we talk about the toughest position to cut, that linebacker room, inside and outside, I think that all of those guys at some point impressed. In particular, Tazar Skipper and Ulysses Gilbert. I think that they make it to the point now that you, you can't part ways. Even if going into this last game you were considering it, after Tazar's performance... Two sacks could have been should have been three sacks. He he missed one. That's true. <laughs> then then the knock on him this preseason was we haven't seen him play special teams. Does he have special teams capabilities? Why isn't he out there? He goes out there in limited special teams action and has two special teams tackles. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, well you can't say that's a knock on him anymore. He's shown it at the NFL level. Ulysses Gilbert has been flying around since week one of the preseason. Every week. Constantly making plays, running game, passing game, highly active. I mean, he has made it to the point where you're just sitting here like, man, do you keep him and Red, or are you just going to keep him? Like, yeah. That's what that conversation is. And then for Tazar, the conversation now is, does Tazar make it outright and you keep essentially five outside linebackers, or do you IR Ola Adani while he's recovering from his knee injury and bring him back in the middle to the end of the year? Like, that's that conversation now because th- both of those guys have just – flat out bald this preseason oh yeah there's no doubt about that one no doubt at all john thank you man thanks for the call it's a good question that's going to stir up some conversation here so we appreciate it and 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 go mountaineers tomorrow at two o'clock baby with you man mountaineers gotta stick together oh man come on baby don't hurt yourself now john john was was my first caller back when i was doing my solo hours in october did you you text him and tell him to call in and say that he was he was the first person that ever came up to me at steelers training camp to say hey i know who you are i'm a listener john in morgantown is my guy john i should have asked him this too before i cut him off there if you're going to be at the game tomorrow, John, look for me in the blue lot. All right. That's uh, all I'm going to say. Okay. I'll be the guy with the really nice hair. Hey, there we go. He's probably talking too loud like I do all the time. <laughs> I'm in the blue lot tomorrow, John. Living his best life. <laughs> 412-919-1316. The number to call on Twitter at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. we got some inside scoop here on Twitter from KD. Uh-oh. Ryan Switzer had Switzberg t-shirts made. Hmm. So, KD is saying, did he have a birdie tell him something? Does he know something that we don't know? There's no way that you go out and print Switzberg t-shirts without the knowledge of saying, without the knowledge of staying. And then KD says, I'm just saying, here we go. Ah, you can't read into everything. You can't, but I think we've laid this out. Like, we would both be shocked if Switzer didn't make the roster. Like I said, when you get the, the, the stamp of approval from the franchise quarterback, your chances of making the roster drastically increase, period. So, 
Yeah. I, I just I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Harry says that we're looking at Benny Snell football wrong. He's your third down back. If you have a third and two, he's going to get it. Two yards per rush, baby. Except for, but he hasn't even been at that, Harry. He's at like 1.6. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't. Don't get me wrong. I wish I could just think, oh, yeah, he could plow forward and get or, three similar yards. Similar to what they had with Terrell Watson. Um when he was the, the year where Le'Veon first held out throughout the preseason, comes back week one, mm-hmm. Terrell Nightmare Watson would just go out there, get you any any one to two yard gains, he's going to get it without a doubt. Then the one time he didn't get it, he was released the next week. You, uh, Rico Suave, you think that this will finally be the year the Steelers Rico Suave? I, must, I like that name. You think man. this will finally be the year the Steelers keep two quarterbacks so they can keep Tazar Skipper and Ulysses Gilbert? Uh, no, I don't think this will be the year that they finally keep two quarterbacks. But yes, I think they will still find a way to keep Skip and UG three. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think that the quarterback position is gonna them keeping three quarterbacks is gonna have a. Uh, I guess a weight on those two guys making this roster. I think that they've done enough to make it. I think if anything, the decision is, are they keeping red along with them? And are they going to keep Ola on the active roster and not on IR along with those guys, but they're going to be up there. Chris also adds Tazar Skipper has to make the 53 Matt Williamson and Dale Ollie don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> what was that last name? Dale Ollie. Ollie. I think, I think I think that was my creative player on uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater I back like in the that. day. Dale I, I used to Ollie. You know? <laughs> I like that one. But you know what? It's funny because they get tweets about us and we get tweets about them. I it's, like it's, it. It's a fun little dynamic. <laughs> at Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. 412-919-1316. When we return, we will wrap up this defensive conversation. We will get into your reaction as well. It's Euler Emotes on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, when it's an Arthur Motes on the show <laughs> and it's in Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of linebacker discussion. Come on, man. You said it. I'm you, biased. You told me, you said, you know, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if Chick and Medikevich are necessarily locks, particularly Medikevich. And some of the stuff that happened with Ola helps Chick's cause as well, yeah. too. And, now and the fact he got the new contract. In fact, he got the new contract as well. Uh, but we're not the only ones that are wondering that now. It seems maybe a little more realistic that, that Dirty Red or I don't know him as much about Chick. But it wouldn't shock me, let's right, put right. it that way. Mike in Jacksonville wants to uh, to talk about Chick and Medikevich and some of the linebackers. What's happening, Mike? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good. How are you, my friend? Good. I was basically going to ask you that question. Do you think Manikavich and Chicklow's roster spots are safe? When it comes to Chick, I think he will be safe because, first off, like I say, he just signed the two-year contract extension. Now, granted, it wasn't a ton of guaranteed money, but I do think that I do think that helps him out a ton. And then also when you're factoring the fact that outside of Bud and TJ, there isn't a lot of NFL game experience in that room. When you start looking at, uh, when you look at chick or if you look at Ola and Tazar. So in that regard, I think all those things help out chick. I I do want to know what his injury was and how serious it is. Because I think yeah, that, he didn't play he, right. He, he didn't, didn't play, play last game, right? right. He didn't play last game or the game before that. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'm just kind of concerned about. Well, what is it? And they're not really going to be open with us about that at this particular time. So I do think that he still is safer. Whereas with Red, 
that's the one I'm really nervous about because Ulysses Gilbert flat Ooh. out bald. He UG3. performed. He performed at a crazy high level this whole preseason. Also, oh, go ahead. Also, Robert Blaine played pretty well too. That middle linebacker spot. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and the only reason. I'm not saying that Spillane is in the conversation right now. It's just because I think Red, from a special team standpoint, his value in that element is more than what Spillane will be able to show and produce at right now. Whereas Gilbert, you saw him flash on defense. Granted, he, if everything goes as planned, he shouldn't be on the field on defense because you got um, Devin Bush, Mark Barron, and Vince Williams. But the special teams element, what he brings – in terms of his his athletic ability and his speed, I think that's what makes him a very intriguing prospect in that regard. But it's hard to knock Red when, I mean, you look over the past couple of years, Red's special teams numbers are second to none. They speak for themselves. So it's going to be a very, very tough decision when it comes down to those guys in that room. And when you were talking about the wide receivers, if I remember correctly, uh, Kevin Colbert signed Johnny Holton for more or less to be the gunner. Mm-hmm. And with Kevin Colbert's past history with signing free agents, usually they make the roster. So with that being said, that's five wide receivers are already locked on. Spencer or Switzer or Eli Rogers, who do you like for the six? Out of those three guys in particular, I think it's Switzer right now just because, because he got the he got the, the vote of approval from Big Ben. That's, and when you say that, Big Ben also wanted a tall wide receiver about four years ago yeah. in the draft, and uh, they passed on that to draft somebody else. But thanks <laughs> for the conversation, fellas. Have a good day. Hey, no doubt, man. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, you called it a while ago. I I thought you were crazy at the time, but I, I'm starting to think. I wonder, though, Coach Smith, Denny Smith, right? Yes. Special teams coach. That's that's the one. That's the X factor. That's it. If he's that's, in there banging the table right. for, for Dirty Red, because like it's going to be hard to get rid of. Right, because I, I don't think that Chick is in real danger. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did make not, that not move. Not now. But not now. He's not in that type of danger. 365 days from now, totally different we'll be conversation. having a different conversation about Absolutely. Chick. Absolutely. Yeah. But when we talk about Red right now, I've seen Danny Smith have similar situations when it came to Darius Haywood Bay. Yep. When it came to Antoine Blake or Valentina, whatever he's going by right now. But even him, it was times where that was a conversation. Or another person, Ross Ventrone. Mm. These conversations were had. Should we keep him? Can we keep him? This and that. And Danny's like, I need these guys. These guys produce for me on a special teams level that nobody on this team produces at. Same conversation with Rosie. Like, it was times where, hey, um, you know, what do you think? Is he still the guy? Like, absolutely. Right, right. Because of what he does in the special teams element. So when it comes to Red, the amount of tackles that he accumulates in special teams, he's a big four guy. It's, it's, punt, punt it, return, kickoff, kick nothing return. nothing to balk at. No question. And it's not easily emulated. It's not like you could just walk in and say, all right, Gilbert, you go in here and give me double-digit special teams tackle this season. It's hard to do. Throughout my career, I think I've done it twice. It's hard. So to expect that you can just move on from him because of maybe the lack of potential from a defensive standpoint, I just don't know if that happens right now. But at the same time, I would not be surprised because Gilbert has played so well this preseason. So well. 
that it's I feel like he's too intriguing of a player and he's shown too much now to have him not make this roster. And the same with Cesar. 100%. They've shown it where they needed to show it. Um, They showed it on defense, and they showed it on special teams. And for Cesar, I'm really happy because, like I said, a lot of people were talking about he hasn't been on special teams. He hasn't shown it. How do you know he can play special teams? He's not a rusher. How can he – when he's right. going to do it? Right. And not only does he continue to just rack up sacks, five sacks in the preseason, that's a ton of sacks for the preseason. But he goes out there and has two beautiful special teams tackles. Mm-hmm. So just silence see. the haters. That's like, what you hey, want to see. What are you going to say about me now? When we talked about guys going into this last game, having that mentality of you make it where they cannot cut you. You make it where they cannot live without you. That's can't what live he without did. Skipper. You can't live without him. And right I now. think UG3 has done that as well, Absolutely. Too. Both of those guys. So, like I said, it's not an indictment on uh, Tyler and his performance, but it's more so you're just these other two guys have wowed so much. They flashed so They've much. Jumped off the page. Absolutely, and that's the biggest difference. Am I? Because you and I have talked about. There's always so many moving parts in this. It's not always black and white. Correct. So, am I looking at this too black and white, too clear? That it could really come down to this. Could be a conversation with Coach Smith of, you want Metakevich or you want Holton? I mean, like, is it possible that something like that, like, that could be the conversation? Like, we'll give you one of them. You can't have both, but we'll right. give you one. That could easily be a conversation. And if that's the case, he's going to go with red because red's proven. That's just typically how it is. Now, granted, Danny Smith will tell you sometimes, too, that, hey, man, I stand on the tables and I bang for you guys. But at the end of the day, if the boss man says this is what it's going to be, then I'm kind of stuck here. But the special teams value that red has. I feel like it's a good amount of people that understand it, but I think it's a large consensus that do not like understand you said, it. and it's not just like on kickoff. Right. It's all four phases. All four phases. What he does. It's very similar to why they were keeping Hayward Bay for around for so long. And people are like, What are you doing keeping him? He can't help from a receiver standpoint. You got all these other guys that you're releasing. They could come in here and catch passes. And it's like Arguably your most valuable special team, other than you know Chris Boswell right. and Jordan Barry. I'm, like, I'm like he was to Pittsburgh like what a Matthew Slater was to New England in terms of having a major effect on the game. And when you're talking about the sixth receiver, when you're talking about the sixth or seventh line, or excuse me, in this case the eighth or ninth linebacker or ninth or tenth linebacker, they're not getting known on defense. You're not keeping this guy to play defense right now. You're keeping him because he can contribute on special teams right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what this conversation is about. Yeah, no doubt. It's, geez, I would love to be a fly on the wall on the south side. Yeah. Or just if we could just get a GoPro set up, you know, in, in one of the meeting rooms with, with an talk, audio feed. I, I'm going to just tell them to call us up and they'll just keep us on speakerphone. Be that's cool. true. We can I got a three-way call. I'll put my phone on mute. I won't even say anything. Yeah, I just want to listen. That's it. <laughs> uh, Chris chimes in here on Twitter. What about putting Chick on IR? And we don't know the extent the of that, thing, yeah. but I, I think one of Chick or Ola, one of those guys will probably end up right. on IR. Well, and the thing is, they said with Ola, I saw those reports that it was a meniscus, but then also, I mean, the way they talked about it was as if it was a scope. So like I said, that's three to four weeks. So depending on what he had that the, the surgery two weeks ago, I think it is now. Yes. So you're still probably looking at him not being right back until... Towards the, it was right after that second preseason yeah. game, I think, yeah. So you're looking at maybe week two, week three, him being back. So the question is, keeping him active, but 
inactive those first couple of games, do you think that he can bring in a productivity that you would need, say, week four, week five, week six, that warrant that? Or is he someone that you would rather put on IR until week eight, week nine, week ten time frame? And, you know, that's what you really have to weigh when you're talking from a roster number standpoint. That's what makes this business so different than college or high school. You don't have to make the business decisions. Right. This level, it's like there is no, oh, we'll keep them all. Like, no, somebody has to go. And it's going to be good players <laughs> right. that are not going to be on this team. Guys who can legit will have jobs somewhere else. That's, you saw Alejandro Villanueva was cut by two teams before absolutely. he came to Pittsburgh. Absolutely. That's the nature of it, man. It happens. All the time. It doesn't necessarily mean those other teams were terrible talent evaluators. It just right. means that this was the right place, the right fit. The coaches asking. I mean, I know when he was. I forget he was with the Eagles before the Steelers, but I forget who he was with before the Eagles. I don't remember who before the Eagles. I remember him in the Eagles because he was playing D-line. I was going to say, they both. Both the other teams that he was with had him as an edge rusher. Absolutely. And so he comes to Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden, Munchak or whoever's eyes that it were, were like, oh, let me try this guy out of tackle. Sometimes, like, and just because if the Steelers end up cutting a guy who goes Mm -hmm. on to have that success somewhere else too, that doesn't mean they're a bunch of dinks in their their evaluation. That's just the process of this game, man. Yeah. And sometimes the situations that you're in, one <laughs> it happens. One guy who surprisingly turned some heads in a good way, Cam Kelly. Oh, absolutely. Is there anybody whose arrow pointed way more up this this uh, training camp of preseason than Cam Kelly? Man, from start to finish, Cam Kelly has been a man out there just proving that not only does he belong, but that he can be a major contributor this year. He could play. He could play a lot. All, all the phases. A lot of different roles. Absolutely has the speed, the athletic ability, short tackler. I mean, I think that without a doubt, he impressed a ton of people. And like I said, his spot solidified on this team. He's going to be the third safety going into the season. Um, when I think about the way he performed, I anticipated Marcus Allen doing that, but I don't think we got that from Marcus. And then even yesterday. He still showed some some errors when it comes to his angles to the ball. I ended up giving up a, a decent-sized gain all because it's an improper angle. And a lot of times with that, man, it just comes from being young. You hear Coach Tomlin talk about it all the time. At that safety position, you have to get the angle right with your eyes first because once you move your feet, you only get one chance to be right. Half step off and you're, Absolutely. you're toast. So you find the angle with your eyes, and then after that, now you use your feet to match that and make that play. And he's still just showing little errors in terms of that. And that's just associated with him being young. Sure. But the way Cameron has played, man, it just, I mean, I feel like it speaks for himself. And even with Dangerfield, I think that he's another one who's showed that he's still Mr. Consistency when it comes to August football, when it comes to, you know, Steeler football. Mm -hmm. He's your McDonald's number one. He's the guy that you know what you're going to get. Special sauce and pickles. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But that's him, man. And and to kind of the secondary discussion here, too, I think another guy, uh, Cam Sutton. you got to oh, be yes. excited from what you've seen from him. Yeah, Cam played really well this preseason. Obviously, he was in the competition with Mike Hilton. And I think because of his play, it made it where they were going to keep both of those guys now. Yeah. And this from a, a contract standpoint, it yeah, makes sense. It too. makes sense. Absolutely. He's still under his rookie deal ton of upside still, man. And he's only going to continue to grow and get he better. He stays healthy, I really think. A lot of people, I think, thought last year that Cam Sutton could emerge. Yeah, absolutely. But he just, some injuries and a lot of other stuff going on made that more difficult. 
I think this is the year. That's one of the things I told you last year at training camp. There was mm-hmm. a ton of talk about, oh man, the Steelers secondary could be really good. Absolutely, you know, Joe Hayden and Artie Burns, and you know Cody Sensible and Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. I-, I think now that conversation is real. Absolutely, and, Hayden and, and Nelson and Sutton and mm-hmm. Hilton and uh, 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 Justin Lane and Artie Burns. Absolutely. I mean, even when you look at Artie Burns' performances. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. He's Absolutely. on my list of guys that I really want to watch play this like, year. He looks so calm with the ball in the air on the deep passes. Maybe we'll do that on Monday. We might have to. Top five Steelers you're most excited to watch yes, play Yes, indeed. I, I'm, I'm just loving his growth and development, man. So I hope it's not a tease, though. Ooh. I hope this is real. This is real. Because he didn't, he didn't panic not once when the ball was in the air on a couple we're deep gonna passes. We're going to cut off our eyelids, and we're never going to blink. I don't even have eyelids anymore. <laughs> When we come back, we'll finish up with some of your reaction like we always do on the phone lines, 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Arthur Motes has his first ever fantasy draft in football coming up, too. Welcome to 2006, Motes. See, I want to ask him about that. And WVU, JMU, 2 o'clock tomorrow in Morgantown, West Virginia. Be there or be square. The two alma maters of the Electric Factory. So you already know we got a little friendly wager, a little friendly proposition, something on the line. We'll fill you in on that when we return as well. Euler and Motes, the Electric Factory on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. This beat right here that Kellen just put on for us. You know DJ I mean, Kellen doing. This just do makes me want to drop takes. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, Kellen, leave this one running for a minute. Tight end alert, Motsy. Oh. We've got a release of a tight end of a big name that people have heard from. The Raiders have released Luke Wilson. Tight end. He is a, let's see here, about a seven-year NFL veteran, 29 years old, Super Bowl champion with the Seahawks in 2013, has been with the Lions and the Raiders since Seattle, 11 touchdowns, over 100 receptions in his NFL career. So is this like the Steelers and the Patriots both rushing to the phone to try and pick up this tight end? (sighs) I don't know if Luke does it for me just yet, but... I'd rather give up a fifth-round pick right, right. and go get somebody a little better. Absolutely. Fourth-round pick and go get somebody a little bit better. Hey, we still got time, though. There's no rush. No rush. But, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for me just yet. We're going to talk a little bit about a WVU-JMU wager. Mark chimes in here with a suggestion. I've also got to get Moats' fantasy football chops hey. here. Uh, flex those fantasy football chops. But before we do, let's end with some reactions, some phone calls. As always, we're going to go to our man, C.R. Steelers Nation Chicago, except for it looks like he's in Atlanta today. What's happening, CR? Hey, man, what's going on? CR Steelers Nation Chocago, live in hot Atlanta, better known as Chocolate City. Chocolate City. Hey, brother. Wait, I thought it, hold on. I thought it was Chick-fil-A City or Coca-Cola <laughs> City. That's what I think of when I think of Atlanta. Chocolate City's no, Hershey, CR. You know. Don't you try and take that from Pennsylvania. I've been on hold, man, since like, like, like the show started. But that's all right. I've been traveling. And uh, uh, these people in Atlanta are very, very nice. Hey, man, they, they welcomed me here to the city. They gave me some bumper-to-bumper stop-and-go traffic, just like Chicago. Oh, <laughs> man, love the hospitality. So, CR, you went to the Steelers bar last night for the game, right? How was it? Oh, it was it was a, it was a, a, a preseason game. It, it's nothing like Durkin's in, in Chicago, I can tell you that now. So, <laughs> hey, guys, I need to keep... 
I need to catch up with, with, with some some stuff that we didn't get, get through. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to, to Juan in South Carolina. Hey, Juan, I think I passed by the gas station. I thought I saw you at the pump and gas, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> in Denver, uh, and, and Bishop. Hey, Bishop, I was on the phone uh, right after you last night, and uh, I can't text when I'm driving. It's against the law. Uh, there you go, okay. CR. That's good, good responsible CR right there. That's what I'm talking about. And, and, and you guys last night, or yesterday, whatever it was, before you got off the show, you were talking about uh, shirts and jerseys and all that. Well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. All right. The all the superstitions, news, yeah. The, the, the bad news is that I don't have a whole lot of jerseys of, of a whole lot of players. The good news, I had to pick one jersey. I made a conscious effort to pick one jersey. And the jersey that I picked, in my opinion, in my heart, it's the, the toughest jersey out there. They call him Dracula and Cleats. And his oh. name is? Yes, indeed. The one and only. Lemmet. The guy who once that's said he wanted to go play tackle football in the parking lot. The boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only one I got. It was just something about Lemmet that just, uh, I don't know. I'm, Joe Green is probably the, the best player out there. Right. For because he was the rock. He he started the the whole thing. But uh, anyway, that's enough of all that. Um, you we'll guys talk some superstitions on Monday. Oh, yeah, okay. You guys are talking about stock up and stock, stock down. Mm-hmm. Uh, dog, I got to say his stock has gone down. Uh, I mean, I, I feel for him. I really, really like him. But it seems like he's trying. To, he and Benny Shell, it seems like that's now. It seems like they're trying too hard, mm. and they just can't do what they need to get done. It's like it's, it's like being in a dream. Like, they're reaching for it, but it's just out of their reach. They can hardly get it. So I feel bad for, for both of those guys. Halton, uh, 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 I, I think his stock is up, too. Yep. I think you guys been been reading my, my list over here. Washington, <laughs> I think his stock is up, too. Uh, uh, what about that, uh, that interception, not interception, but that fumble recovery for, for a touchdown yesterday? What do you think about him and his, the way his stock is going? Oh man, you talking about Mr. Uh, Jay Elliott, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he looked good. Um, one but of those just such a log jam there at those edge rusher positions. I know, but that was a, definitely an exciting play for him to make. Like I said, the, the trifecta, the sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery, and then go ahead and make a house call on top of that. So he definitely impressed, but that room is way too crowded. Eighty some yards or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and the last thing. Uh, now here you go. We're always talking about football, American football, American football. It's the best game going on. Well, here's this person who's heard about American football. They've never seen American football before, so they're going to turn the TV on. And guess what they see? They see this game last night. <laughs> it for the rest of their life. They will never watch football again, man. <laughs> CR, that's why we were saying, you know who stocks up the most, baby? It's ours because preseason is over. It's All we over. got is the real thing after this. You got that right. So, hey, guys, I left my limits up in the background, so I really need to talk to you guys offline whenever you get the opportunity. Hey, guys, I'm going to hang out here in Atlanta for a couple of days, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to the crib, and I'll be ready for Sunday night because uh, that's when the real deal starts. And uh, like you guys, I think people are overlooking the Steelers. I really do, and it's a good thing, especially mm-hmm. with all the noise that's coming out, out of the Brown camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep focusing on that. Keep talking about that. In the meantime, the boogeyman's going to sneak up on you, Ooh. and we're going to get you. 
I like it. And what else in the meantime, CR? In the meantime and between time. <laughs> Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks as always, CR. It's a pleasure. And stay safe on your travels, my man. We'll talk to you next week. He, he cracks me up, dude. He, he is hilarious. I like how he has his own list, too, of stock up, stock down. Like, yeah, what CR doesn't know is we are spying on his hey, list. Hey, right? you better CR, believe it. You know, you got the inside scoop. We're I'm like, CR is everywhere. <laughs> and it's black and gold. Everywhere. All the time. I love it. And that is what people, like, if you're going to away games, if you've got stories of Steelers bars and traveling and trips and things like that, if you're part of Steeler Nation outside of Western yeah. Pennsylvania, Always want to hear from you. Always want to hear your story. Absolutely. And, and and now that the season is starting, I'm going to be popping up with some of these Steeler bars on the road, right. man. That's so right. I'm going to be looking for you. I'm going to try to bump into you. That's right. Share some You're stories. be out in the community tonight over at Moon High School. Hey, hey, hey. Against my alma mater, Mars, baby. The Mars planets. Yeah. I said that to Moach. <laughs> he goes, wait, you guys are the planets? I was like, yeah, well, Mars. What else did you think we were going to be? Hey, man. I just <laughs> know you like the, the, the Mars raging Cajuns or something. I don't know. Let's see if they can move to 2-0 and o tonight. Yeah. Uh, Carmody, last name of a guy from Mars to watch for you. He's okay. a tight end slash tackle. He's going to Notre Dame last year Ooh, or okay. next year. He's maybe the best football player Mars has ever produced. Oh, wow. Well, it, I definitely look forward to seeing him tonight. Watch, then, watch him tonight. He'll stick out. He'll be one, of the, right, biggest, he'll right. be one of the biggest guys out. I like it. Uh, we got some suggestions here for our wager, our, our WVJMU wager. But first, it's your first go at fantasy football this it weekend. Is. Sunday. Welcome to 2006, hey, 2007 man. here, Arthur Mouse. Big time fantasy football <laughs> league. My draft Sunday at 1030 a.m. We got a cool name. One another name. Okay. Mm -hmm. Dinner is served. <laughs> and you know, you know what my team name is? Because I heard you got to have like creative you have a cool team, team names. Name. You got to be a yeah, cool sure, name. Sure, sure. Winners only, 55-52. Paying homage, you know what I'm saying, to my Steelers number and my Bills and JMU and high school number as well. I like it. You know what I mean? And it's winners only because I'm part of the winner's circle. All I do is win. Obviously. Period. I win at life. That's where every day is weekend. Win, win, win. I'm excited. To, I want to see on Monday how your team shook out here. I and wanna... guess what? Guess what? I got the number two overall pick, too. I was going to actually, I was, I'm glad you do have the number two pick. Yeah, I was going to ask you, who if you if you had the number one pick, but you have two, mm -hmm. is it Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey, one through three? Is that is that how you're looking at it? You want one of those guys at two? Absolutely. That, from my personal perspective, yes. Yeah. I think Barkley is going to go one. I think I, that's the that's, consensus. If I had first pick, that's who I'm going with. Yeah, and then for me, my decision is Kamara versus McCaffrey. I personally think the Saints are a lot more stable offensively. Mm -hmm. I personally love Drew Brees in terms of what he's able to do and how they're going to use Kamara. Cam Newton, Absolutely. health question mark. We we saw what the Panthers looked like when Cam Newton was not out there. So for me, I'm like, you know what? Kamara's my guy. But you know what? I might just go Steeler Homer and just draft all Steeler players. Going James Conner at two. <laughs> ben go Big ben. Juju. I'm even going to draft Boz in the fourth round just because. <laughs> Um, I want to know what's your thoughts on Zeke and Melvin Gordon. Are you willing if you can get him at the right spot oh, or are you staying away? I'm more willing to go for Zeke at the right spot. I'm not touching Melvin Gordon. Okay. Listen, and, and here's yeah, why. Yeah, because worst case scenario, I think Zeke maybe misses a couple games, but that's probably right. it. But I you still know think when he, he comes might play back next weekend. Well, and the thing is, he has zero leverage in terms of he still has two years left on his contract, and that's in, they can still franchise tag him. So his leverage is really low. And you know when he comes back, whenever it is, they're going to use the heck out of him because Dak is a way better player, a way better QB. The team is way better when Zeke has the ball, when Zeke is getting all his touches. Whereas with the Chargers, Phillip Rivers has already said, hey, man, we're good with what we have here right now. We don't need him. 
And you saw the stats last year. They were 4-0 without him, and it wasn't close. Mm-hmm. None of those things bode well for Melvin. Uh, it's good. Look at look at that astute analysis by yeah, you. Man. I'll tell you what. Uh, fantasy football names. I've got two for you guys. Uh-oh. All right? You're in two leagues? Whoa, no. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just, I've got two good names for oh, you Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'd like to say that I came up with both of these on myself. I did not. Huh. Okay, but I got two good names for you. Okay. Gase Ventura, Jet Detective. Huh, okay. Ooh, I like right. that How one. about that? That's clean, that's clean. And I think I think you guys and our listeners will really like this one. Ice Ice AB. Oh. Uh, well, I don't know if they like that. I don't know if anyone <laughs> yeah, likes anything AB anymore. But yeah. free. No, but I saw that this morning. I saw like a whole Ice, list of best. And Gase Ventura, Jet Detective. That's funny. It's just incredible. I just envision his eyes. Who's at the press conference? Right. No. Come to me, jungle friends. Maybe right. that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to summon all those jet hey, detectives. Maybe. <laughs> WVU, JMU tomorrow, 2 o'clock in Morgantown, kicking off the college football campaign for both of our alma maters. And, you know, we got to have a friendly little wager here, Mozi. It hey, would only man. be right if we had something on the line. Absolutely. So first what we have to decide is are we doing this with points or not? Because I like – I'm having a hard time finding a spread on this game. I keep seeing six. I I've saw seen, six. I, yeah, I've seen five and a half. Yeah. But, you know, you seem pretty confident you know in your what? Dukes. All right, just give me 10 and we'll be all right. You got give you 10 <laughs> Just give me points. 10 points and we'll be all right. Uh, you bringing 20 out of 22 starters back. I think you should give me points. No way. You're the big time university. Remember Dub VU. The Dub VU. About three eight points. Three and a half points. No way. I at least got to get the spread. No way. The spread right now is five and a half. Okay, it changed because when I looked in this morning, it was a six. Really? Yeah. Well, but you know though that that it's. I like the original. I'm an original spread guy because then I thought the original moves, spread was six and a half. It moves with the money. The original spread was six and a half. Was it? Yeah. So we could definitely go original spread six and a half. Go with that, and then if you lose, I get to take off one of your tires from your car. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're doing all the mechanical work yourself. Yeah, I, I know a guy. Don't worry about it. No, it's got to be you. It's got to be your mechanical work. Uh, okay. Here's what I'll do. Six. So I said five and a half. You said six and a half. Six. Fair? All right. Fair. Six. So if WVU wins by six, then we'll both just have to do something funny. Yeah. I think, you know, we've got some suggestions here for but some bets on Twitter. But you are a big-time 1A program, Big 12 football. With, they lost six guys in the NFL draft but and has a brand-new head it's, coach it's running a brand-new scheme, and you got 20 out of 22 starters back. But, but, you know, we're just a little school in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Six points. You don't want to go seven? Six and a half. Look at you. you just, I'm bad negotiator. Uh, we'll go, we'll go I started at three and a half. Now I'm at six and a half. We'll go six you can and quit a half. while you're ahead. We'll All go right. six and a half. So J- M- Moats gets JMU in six points. I so get how does WVU six and a half even work? Six and a half. So if WVU wins by seven, I'm good. If WVU right. wins by six, you are you win. Right. So that's what that extra half. six, if they won by six, it would just be a push. Point. Gotcha. Mark here okay. says, uh, wager suggestion, loser has to wear the winning team's cost <laughs> mascot costume for Ooh. a show. That's good, but I don't know if we'd be able to get those costumes. Yeah, not that <laughs> We got quick. some gravitas, but maybe not that much gravitas. Right. So I think we do. Loser has to sing either the other school's fight song or alma mater Absolutely. or, you know, Country Roads or something. We'll do Absolutely. some type of singing or don't, something don't on the show. Don't say Country Roads like, that's what I'm going to be singing. No, you're going to be singing the James Madison no, you're fight gonna song. you're going to be singing, it's West Virginia, no. it's West Virginia, uh-uh. the pride of every mountaineer. Start wearing purple right now. Start 
Wearing big, purple, wearing purple. Big thanks to everybody who chimed in on the show today. <laughs> thanks to everybody calling in, tweeting in. Monday on the show, it's go time. Oh, Talk yeah. about our Prove It guys. The Steelers were most excited to see. It's a Professor Motes Monday. It's a get it off your chest Monday. As we look ahead to New England, big shout out as always to our guy, Kellen, for producing the program. We will talk to you Monday at noon. As always, inside of the Electric Factory, it's Euler and Motes on ESPN Pittsburgh and your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.